everyone, thank you so, so much uh, for joining us on Wave Dash 5. We have six people here uh, two Swedes, two Germans, two Brits, two Arias, and one dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's a real pleasure to have all of you here. Um, like if, if you guys don't know who dinosaur is, by the way, he's a pillar of the UK community and, and basically taught me everything I know about tech. And so a lot of the words that are coming out of my mouth when I do these guides written by dinosaur. So, I mean, I'll, I'll just let you introduce yourself a bit. Uh, yeah. So, uh, thanks very much. That's, that's very kind and, uh, yeah, glad to be here. So, yeah, I'm a pretty old school uh, Tekken player. So I started in a competitive sense back in Tekken Tag One, uh, and I used to I played pretty much exclusive. I learned the game pretty much exclusively in the arcades. Uh, I didn't even have a console for the first um, kind of few years that I played the game. I think, and uh, yeah, so I learned in. Tekken Tag, and then came up through um, Tekken 4. I, I first got like quote unquote good and did like started to do okay in tournaments in, in Tekken 5, um, where I played Raven and then like went through a bunch of other characters throughout sort of the Tekken series. But I settled on uh, Brian in Tekken 6, and I've pretty much just like uh, maintained him since. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's sort of like my, my potted. Uh, Second history. Awesome. Cheers, man. Cool. And yeah, your Brian is pretty terrifying to play against. I mean, you know, one mistake and it's, I mean, you know, yeah, Adrian is shaking his head right now. <laughs> I mean, he, he's being so humble. Didn't he beat uh, Kokoma in, uh, oh, yeah, in the UK, yeah. right? What's the tournament's yeah. name? Is it Versus Fighting? Versus Fighting yeah, yeah. 2019. Yeah. Uh, that was incredible. Like, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. Legend. Uh, and yeah, so we have Sefi Black. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you also to, to be here again. Wonderful. And legendary Mihawk. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for having me once again. Um, it's going to be a this, pleasure. This dickhead is... <laughs> 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 the one and only Frame Whisperer. <laughs> this is the highlight of my week, man. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the main man, Sui. Thank you as ever, guys. My pleasure. My pleasure as always. All right, all right. So um, we have a bunch of stuff of stuff to talk about today. And since there are six people, I'm gonna try and um, I'm not gonna probably talk as much as I usually do. I'm just gonna try and moderate and maybe keep keep things going um, because you know you guys are all much better Tekken players than I. So um, the first topic we're gonna get into is um, just if we're gonna get our powerpoints out is episode five. Is Tekken too unapproachable? And um, this is going off uh, Lefan's criticisms of the game. He made a video about this, which um, Main Man responded to in his own video. And I guess his main criticism of the game is that there's just too much. There's too much bloat, too many gimmicks, too many moves, too many characters. And this all rewards legacy skill and or knowledge too much, uh, giving, making a very uneven playing field. Um, making it just too hard, basically, for new players. And on top of this, there's no neutral, there's no, sorry, tutorial to help ease new players in. Um, and because of all this, the vast majority of matches in Tekken, uh, for, the, for the vast majority of players, aren't rooted in fundamentals. They're mostly about gimmicks, 
save for the highest level, which is like 0.0001%. And it's just too time consuming to get to this level, literally years. Um, so let's just unpack that a bit and um, yeah, talk about it. I mean, what, what do you guys think? I mean, do you think Tekken is too bloated? Yes, with a qualified, like I maybe like a qualified yes. Mm. Um, so I, I think when we t- when we think about like the game and difficulty of getting into it, um, it, it's sort of there's sort of three areas to think of. There's the the sort of underlying mechanics, uh, the the stuff that people, the stuff that then goes into the the underlying mechanics, like you know moves are kind of basically built upon the underlying mechanics like a you know the, there's a framework which you then build on with moves and there's the resources that you use to learn the game and we can all the university agree that the resources to learn the game in game are are completely terrible uh that's that's sort of a given mm. if we look at the game itself um i think yeah i think the underlying the mechanics of the game have been changed sometimes in ways which have been designed to like they've been designed to cater to newer players but they haven't necessarily the changes haven't necessarily been in ways which have made sense in a lot of ways uh and like they don't like if you think about things like throw the throw system for example right um Throws have been made much easier in Tekken 7 to escape, and they've made, you know, they've generic universal throws can now be broken with one or two inputs. This has been done to make the game easier, but it makes the game make a lot less sense. Um, because it's the game, you know, people will just say you should use throws as mix ups. In almost every game, you use throws as mix ups. But then the game says to you, there's one, you know, there's different throws. And then it says, but they don't really mean anything apart from command throws. And then you get to another level where it will say, actually, even with command throws, these are just gated behind a reaction barrier and you should be able to break them every time. And then it will say, but then there's these throws, you know, there's giant swing, there's giant swing and uh, shining wizard and multi throws where they look like that, but they have different, their own breaks. And then they, they'll say, and here's back turn throws. These look the same, but you can have the one or two option, but you can break either one of them unless you're playing Feng or Huang. And so they've, they've decided to like make something easier for new players, but it has made it a lot less intuitive because in a lot of other games, you just say, here's a throw, you do it, and that, that will basically stay the same as you learn the game throughout. Whereas Tekken, you, you end up going down a number of different like routes to, and they've done this, I think, to compensate for the fact that the game has a million moves in it. That you, it, One of the reasons why I think Tekken Tag 2 was a very hard game for a lot of people is that it had a million moves and was very punishing, and it also had pretty hard throws to break, um, at least offline. Online, they were very easy, but... Um, and they just decided, you know, we have to make a choice between either move lists or like universalized mix-up mechanics. And they were just like, well, we just need to get rid of the throws mostly. Like mm-hmm. these need to these need to go because every character has huge amounts of moves and 
they needed they couldn't have like giant amounts of moves and uh like an easy damaging throw mix up game for everyone to have as well so in a lot of ways the like the amount of stuff the the moves that they've put onto the framework like they've had to they've kind of forced simplifications in the mechanics which don't necessarily always make all that much sense and so yeah there's uh, this is the thing is that you will constantly have to be learning not necessarily just learning things in tekken you will have to be unlearning things you'll have to there will be something you will learn at one level you'll reach the next level and that there will be and people will be like oh yeah the exception is actually it's here um <laughs> so yeah and i think that is basically because every character has been built on and built on and built on and built on and it's very hard to and they're just very very hard to process now uh, sorry for the that, crying that, in the that, background. It will stop pretty soon. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Didn't agree no with no what, what Phil had to say there. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Phil. Uh, I speak so highly of Phil every day. Um, a great point. Um, I just wanted to say, as he said, the characters have been built upon over many titles. Like, If you take by itself in a vacuum uh, Tekken 3 King's move list, it's very intimidating. And then you take his Tekken 7 move list, and it like, suddenly looks like a proper book. It's a novel, and it's just... I can understand people feel it's bloated, intimidating. And I think what Leffen meant was that, for example, you take chess, you can learn the rules of chess in like half an hour if, you, if you're pretty gifted. And then what happens is that after half an hour, you're using your own creativity to get into the actual game, do some proper strategy, you know, work the rules of a game. And I think what Leffen meant was that in Tekken, like, the, the rules never end. You're always learning rules, 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 rules. And I think if you have chess here, I guess Tekken is the extreme on the other end. And maybe Leffen is more happy being somewhere in the middle, you know, where there is some knowledge to take in and rules, but it's not like a mountain to climb. So I've... I completely agree with him, but it's so easy to argue the other side to just say that that's what makes Tekken interesting because we have a lot of games who are simpler and Tekken kind of stands out with the vast move lists. It gives it identity and also the backdash. There's been some criticism that it's too hard to do. And part of me agrees. It holds people back. Something as simple as retreating is very difficult for a beginner to do. It takes a lot of work. But at the same time, it's so beautiful to see that I have spent a lot of time with this game. I move backwards pretty well. And then you see someone like JDCR move twice as fast as me because he's, he's just better at it. And you don't really see that in games like Street Fighter where everyone is just mashing back and everyone retreats the same speed. Whereas in Tekken, you, you can actually see skill in a completely different way in how quickly someone retreats or how knowledgeable someone is in a specific matchup. Like good anti-Shaoyu is very hard to acquire. So when someone has acquired it, it's, it's just beautiful to watch because there's so much knowledge that goes into it. So you can see a skill. What, what's it called? Like a, um, uh, God, I'm trying to find the English word here. I, I hate when this happens. Uh, the skill ceiling. You can, it's so high in Tekken that you can, you know, individually just spot all of these uh, 
um, advances people have made. Um, desperately trying to make a point here, but yeah, I, I hope that was something at least. Um, yeah, it, I, I'm just saying it's 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 so nice to see in in Tekken when someone has actually mastered a specific matchup or a specific technique because you just know how much goes into that. That it's you know, it's it's very rewarding because it's so hard. Um, I, okay. I just, you know, I, I want to add. Do you think it's a good idea for move such a fundamental element of the game, which is movement, to be tied to execution? Uh, it's like I, I can't. I want to argue both sides. In in one way, I feel it's way too hard in Tekken when friends of mine try to get into the game and they're like, "I can't learn all the matchups," and I'm like, "No, you can't. That's gonna take." a lot of time you play a few hours per week it's going to take years at this pace so learn to get good movement so you at least can get away from trouble every once in a while and they're like okay how do i do that i explain and they're like they, they simply cannot do it obviously it's very very hard and that to me is it's honestly when you want to be reasonable about it it, it is a bit dumb it, it's it's literally the most basic approach to fighting just back away <laughs> being able to retreat when you're being you know um, pitbull but it's so hard to do in Tekken so that to me is a bit stupid to be honest but at the same time the point still stands when I said that it is kind of beautiful to watch people who have acquired a very very clean backdash you know and they've earned it but should something as basic as retreating be that hard I don't know I think uh, um, if we see it from Tekken, uh, from Leffen's side, he knows different games like Super Smash Bros. Melee, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. So he King, knows King of Fighters, yeah, kind of Marvel, King of Fighters as well. Multi game player, yeah, yeah. He's and he's in Melee. As far as I know, he's he won Evo uh, oh, yeah. two years ago. One of the ago. best. Yeah. yeah, one of the best players in the world. And what I uh, I re uh, I watched a bit of Melee and. Um, Learned that as well. And I know in melee, movement is so important. Exactly. That mm. is also way, compared to Tekken, in my opinion, it's also really, really hard. And not easy to manage. It, uh, and you can see the difference from high-skill players and um, casual players that is, movement is really important in melee. And... Um, but the thing is, if you have uh, if you have good movement in melee, it doesn't make you good. Similar as in Tekken, some people have really good movement, but they are not good in the game. There is a difference still between movement and overall usage of the movement. Just because you know how to do it or having the good execution doesn't make you a good player. You need to implement it in your game plan and use it in a wise way to be successful and get the win and i think he knows how difficult it can be to do have a high execution in gameplays like dragon ball fighters is also not that i wouldn't say um it's also execution heavy by his combos and movement settings like dash in jump in dash in, and whatever you like that um i'd like to call that but it's not easy to move overall in other games, but it doesn't make you especially good if you just specialize. Yeah. I mean, a lot of I was really excited when I heard Leffen was getting into Tekken because the core of both melee 
and Tekken is movement. So I was thinking, right. what 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 can this player do when brought into this, you know, into Tekken? I was really excited, but it's a shame, you know, the game didn't click with him. Mm. Yeah, it's also interesting fact. Uh, short one to say, uh, in melee, it uh, wave dash yeah. also exists. Um, yeah, it does. It does. It's a huge awesome. part of the game. Yeah, it's also a huge part of the game where you, where the execution is way different. Just not you don't need to move with your analog stick. You also need to press buttons to do a wave dash. It's also interesting. Okay, okay, sorry, can I just steal one? Yeah, minute here? I, I, I think the execution so much. Uh, it was just so interesting what Sefi said. Obviously, a good backdash doesn't make you a good Tekken player. It's just mm-hmm. one out of a hundred things you have to focus on in this game. So. I guess, Sefi, would you mind then if they just removed the Korean backdash? You just press back over and over, back, 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 and you get a Korean backdash. Everyone has access to it, and everyone can focus on learning the moves, frames, sidesteps, etc., etc. Do you think that would be a good idea to remove uh, that? This wouldn't be a, no, 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 it wouldn't make a good idea because you can also distinguish in deck and Tekken with. This movement barrier, I'm not the movement barrier, but um, since everyone is moving different, even though a JDCR backdash is different than a Neuroma, since mm-hmm. they're using the same technique, you can still see a difference in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I like seeing that individuality. Uh, yeah, it's why people would want to make it simpler just because of what you said that. Everything else is already so hard. So does backwards momentum have also to be, you know, super hard? But, oh, but I, I, I also fall more into that. It's kind of Tekken's identity to see everyone's different movement. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think Tekken is way too difficult if you're a fucking pussy, though. <clears throat> and that's the main problem. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> no, seriously. Because Turn on like... his microphone. <laughs> Aria, come on. I've been supposed to be muted until at least 60 minutes. And that's, uh, I need to be specific here. I'm not directing that at uh, Leffen or anything because, like, we we were talking before we started the podcast about how he's not like a good Smash player. He's like literally the GOAT. You know, he's winning all these tournaments for years. He has this huge legacy. So that's not what I'm talking about. But for, uh, for Tekken, it's kind of like you can be a very good fighting game player and you can be dope at these 2D games. And then you can be like good at several of them. You mean like Sonic Fox or whatever. But Tekken is so specific that you you can like I'm not really a fighting game player. I'm a Tekken player. The only other fighting game that I fuck with is like Soul Calibur because it's very similar to Tekken. And I ultimately dropped that because it was so similar to Tekken that it was interfering with my Tekken. But um, but you have to like look at it. Like I always saw it like learning a language. And when you do that, what you notice is you start building up like basic grammar and you learn how to introduce yourself. But like you said, dinosaur, like you learn the rule and then you get to the next level and then you learn the exception to the rule. Um, And it becomes like really difficult and the complexity increases exponentially as you go. So it's the kind of thing where you have to buckle down. And it's interesting because I'm so much newer at this than you are. Like Tekken 7 is the first Tekken game I ever played when it was new. But I can look back over all the, the years already that I've been playing Tekken and I'm always better like after a six month period than I was at the start of that period. So if you're just willing to zoom out and wait for progress and look at it over like a really long time frame, then uh, it becomes super fucking satisfying. You know, 
if yeah, if uh, if you're all of a sudden like breezing through ranks where you were really struggling a year ago, that is like so satisfying that you're gonna want to stick with Tekken. But you need to put in the time and the effort to get that far, and that takes a lot of time. A lot of people are like asking me if I'm like drunk or hiding from the government or something. The idea was that I'm actually cosplaying as a Tekken World Tour commentator. That's why I have the, the bracelets and everything. But I actually forgot like my most important props to really make it work. So I'm just going to make sure I have a whole kit here. How much did you spend on this? <laughs> I saw stuff I had laying around the house, except this stuff because this tastes like ass. But I'm sorry, now delicious. Uh, Leroy's not overpowered. Drink uh, Red Bull, kids. It's, it's going to kill you. But your favorite video game company makes money, so it's a good idea. Uh, not just a Tekken commentator, but, but all the Tekken commentators simultaneously. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally every commentator on the Tekken before Namco call me. I, I even have a Namco brand dildo about that big up my ass. You can't see it on camera, but something that we learned last year is that if you're not oh, willing boy. to take sugar from daddy, then Namco doesn't fuck with you, but I'm willing to play ball. Oh, I love your frame wrist okay. rep. Okay, so when, when we were talking about kind of movement, it's, I think it's worth like, it's worth um, like looking at the difference between like, there's, there's things that can be difficult to learn. Uh, and there's a sort of a difference between depth and stuff. And something which is deep is something where you can apply a few, to my mind anyway, is something where you can kind of apply a few rules which can be combined together in like, in ways which can create like fairly in, like infinite diversity, infinite like ways of uh, playing. So if you think of things like Wave Dash, right? The amount of, it's a fairly simple thing. You do a, a wave that you do a crouch dash and you can cancel it into another crouch dash and your character will go like this and you can do moves out of it you press forward and you can do forward forward moves you can sidestep out of it and whatever but the way you can combine things gives you almost like infinite options from wave dash it's very it's very very deep mm. um a lot of what tekken has loaded in perhaps not with uh, like uh, over, like deliberately as a conscious choice but in you know for other reasons has meant that there is uh there's lots more which stuff things which i would classify as stuff meaning mm -hmm. this is just this is not deep this is just rote learning this means you will have to learn to duck this character string here you will have to learn to sidestep this character string here you will have to learn mm -hmm. and a lot of these things are simply there are moves which are simply worthless or Worth kind of worthless or near worthless when you know about them, or not, or not particularly good, or just okay, or and but you you simply have to learn them. There is a long list of just book learning to do in this mm. game. Um, you want to learn about down forward one properties. You want to learn about down forward two properties. They're all going to be slightly different. You're gonna you might learn like down forward ones. They all work like this. Some of them evade things. Some of them are like. Some of them don't. Some of them have follow-ups. Some of them don't. You can sidestep, and then you're like, and you, but you can sidestep them all to the left, and then Kazumi comes along, and you're like, oh. <laughs> um, that's, that's the way of a sequel, you know, bigger and better, bigger and better, bigger and better, and you don't remove things. And then you sit there twenty years later, and a move list is actually, you know, never-ending uh, PDF yeah, docs. And that's just that's just a sequel problem, I think, and yeah. it's incredibly bloated. 
it becomes yeah, so bloated think... when you start putting in characters with specific mechanics from other games in the game as well. The whole guest character 2D thing is kind of weird where you have like bar characters. So like you want to teach somebody how to play tech and now you have to explain like focus dash cancels and and uh, meter burns. Uh, and that, that feels a little bit like blow to me um, where it's yeah. you have characters that are in completely different like platforms. Yeah, or, or the thing is, explaining, I, just explaining King's chain froze to people. I've yeah. played him a little bit lately and I'm like, you remember what they were in Tekken 2 and then Tekken 3, and now it's like, I, I don't know how many different chains, and never mind, you know, the amount of options and mix-ups in them, and it's like, how many people know all of these breaks or moves? Uh, I think, yeah. I, I think with regards to like the, um, I actually like, I actually like, I've said this to um, Arya One before. I actually like. Um, the the 2D characters from a like a, a like a philosophical standpoint and the because I, I think they are actually like quite deep they are they have like they add a like new ways of of playing with a relatively small amount of additions to the game um, they're not like they're not really book learning characters they're they're very much like organic like development thing you know that they, they come out from a few simple rules and like develop from there and I think you can by and large learn those things with you know the exception that there's there's some stuff of like uh you know a few of the, like the demon flip cancels are a bit like uh, just like uh, uh, you know sometimes you can do this but it won't work and you know sometimes you'll get demon flip wand and sometimes you need to sidestep or run under and you know that is a bit book learningy but mm. by and large i think they are they are like good additions they are like deep they're they're sort of quite ambitious mm. but a lot of the bloat from Tekken, in some ways, it sort of it keeps people from seeing the depth. The depth, which is the timing, the mix-ups, the this is because large move lists work to large move lists work to make things timed for you. I mean, because before, let's say Tekken Tag One. Let's take this as the um, like the. <coughs> The, the example of only spacing a movement Tekken has very small practical move lists. Like the move lists are still reasonably large, but many of the moves are garbage. Uh, most characters like have very little, but the movement is incredible. It's very strong. It's very hard. And so all it is is about having to time, you know, chase the other person down and time your 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 movement to hit them and time your attacks. A lot of the time in Tekken 7 and basically any game from Tekken 6 onwards, what a lot of people will do is they will just simply have a good, a good quick move, another good quick move, another good slightly slower move, and another good slightly slower move, and another and a good like slow move. And like maybe they've got multiple ones, and you can sort of just dial through your, your movement list, and it will, it, will do, it will do the job of doing timing for you. You do not have to like stutter the way you you move and the way you you don't have to throw people off because you're the, the very diversity of your move list throws people off like this is you can see this happen in real life uh if you look at like boxing versus mma boxing boxers have a much better sense of timing than mma fighters uh they are much better at mixing up their timing at throwing things off beat they have a much better understanding of rhythm and I think it's at least partially because they have very much less to think about. 
all they are mm. doing is they, you know, they're just timing punches, just jab, hook, cross, uppercut, so on. And so they can use a lot more of their brain to focus on timing mix-ups. Right. And MMA fighters, they can just sort of spam a huge move list. Like it, it really is like how it how it works. They can just do kicks, knees, uh, elbows, so on. So, um, and it really works like that. So, so, so boxing is Tekken Tag One. MMA is Tekken Seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, like it's not, but like the underlying like thing of the movement being the core and the soul of Tekken. I think that's where like the real, that's where a lot of like the real depth lies. Uh, it's like. Right. Um, and you know you can you can often get games which have a lot of diversity in terms of um, you know the the technical barrier. And I don't think it's necessarily often a bad thing to have like something as organic as a technical barrier, whether the uh, as a as a technical kind of limiter where you can just get better and better and better and better at it. Like I know Mihawk is a he's played a lot of uh, first person shooters. A lot of I know a lot of the you know there's a lot of diversity there in terms of like the technical barriers that are involved. Like, you know, people will talk about things like Quake 3 as being, you know, this famously, like, technical shooter. And there's a lot of them which are just, you know, deliberately made otherwise. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, I've, as you said, I play a lot of FPS games as well. Long before I started playing Tekken, I almost went professional in Counter-Strike 1.6 back then. So um, I have this huge FPS background where, uh, like, there's a lot of strategies in order to get good as well. And there is, like certain basics that you need to have in order to even be able to kind of compete, which is, is the same thing that goes for Tekken, I would say. Um, there's this, I was, I, was think, I was listening to you guys and thinking about certain examples because we were talking about whether or not we should kind of make backdash easier by just spamming back instead of properly canceling it. And I was thinking of, um, think, about, think about a baby that like, tries to slowly crawl and then at one point starts walking just because you're like constantly training with the baby and the moment it gets better um it helps the baby or it helps the kid so much more because the baby finally knows how to do it and it's so much more satisfying to actually walk instead of just crawl all over the ground and i was thinking like the amount of satisfaction that you will gain from being able to properly move in tekken is much higher by knowing to properly execute it rather than just spamming back because that's that's the type of beauty for me in uh, Tekken, I would say. I think it's very nice to look at someone and see like see do all these type of things that require a certain amount of execution or skill ceiling, as we said before. So like you can tell by by watching someone, okay, he has good movement, he has good reactions, he's ducking strings. Um, he's breaking throws on reaction, all that type of stuff. Now, if we think about if we think about making this all easier, this will definitely help beginners in a sense because it will make it much more accessible to them. But then we kind of have to ask ourselves is if this is the right way where we want to put Tekken because Tekken in its legacy, as you said, Dinosaur, is a game where there's a lot of depth that goes into it you you were talking about timings and stuff and i think it's still it's still a big thing in tekken it's just not as present anymore because um with what you said with the amount of moves that we have it's just much much easier to kind of like um nail down the opponent by not really focusing on movement so much or timings and just doing the moves on itself and so i think there is 
there's different things that you definitely need to have and need to practice in order to kind of get a basic feeling for the game. And that applies to FPS games as well, because I, I mean, when I was playing, when I played a lot of FPS games back then, when I played a lot of Counter-Strike, I had to, I had to practice my aim. I had to practice even movement existed there. So I was practicing bunny hops and I was playing um, surf maps and all of that, all these type of, things you needed to do in order to you know be good at the game or be good at situational awareness and then when you said when when it's about um deep things so i was practicing i don't know like how to hold proper spots how to throw grenades and all of that and that's that's you can you can transfer that to any game basically any type of game has these type of things that kind of separate the good from the very good players and it's it's up to you to personally have that type of dedication to get better at it and i feel like if if it would be mm, let's say if it would be too simple then i i think it would kind of tekken would kind of lose its beauty in a sense but i also feel like namco should um definitely consider to do some type of tutorials for the next game because the way it currently is is that the legacy players just have a huge, huge, huge advantage over the new players just because they've been playing so much and they figured a lot of things out. And just thinking from a perspective, I mean, I, mean, I started with Attack 2, so technically I'm, I'm kind of a newish player myself. I had to learn everything about Tekken in quite of a short time. And I remember watching the main man uh, back then when, when I was learning the game. So it's kind of funny I'm sitting here with him and talking about things. Uh, and you've so, done yeah, really I, well. I mean, starting with tag two and now strong competitive player. I mean, that, you gotta applaud that. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I just think that, I just think that there is definitely types of ways, and I, I think there is types of ways to make this better from Namco's perspective. And I also do think that people don't want it to be all too easy, because I, I think that people truly appreciate a strong player when they see him. I think I think what people yeah. love the most is when they really see that a player is strong and they love watching him. And this is why people watch all of these top players on stream or why they want to watch their top players, their favorite players on stream, because it's a beautiful thing to do. It's beautiful to watch them. And mm. I think making it too simple wouldn't really help. So proper tutorials are needed for the future, I think. And um, yeah, I I kind of agree with the things you said. I was just listening and then Kind of making my mind up on things and yeah well, my personal we response we were mm. talking earlier about one of the ways in which the, the developers kind of close the gap between more experienced and beginner players is through the characters i mean you mentioned phil earlier that you, you think this is one of the um reasons that leroy is the way he is and it's not the first time they've done this mm. uh yeah i think that's that's pretty true um a lot of so the I think you know what Namco obviously want like the, the thing to focus on like what people want is for the game to be fun right and but that that can change in a lot of ways for a lot of different for a lot of different people but there are a lot of uh there are basically if you want to play Tekken there are many different things to learn but there are also many different characters which will allow specific elements of the game to be easier for you to learn like they will be like they will have training wheels on them but to some extent right uh, if you are struggling with your uh ability to close distance for example 
there are characters which can literally close distance by pressing a button. They are like Elisa and Elisa. Uh, Sorry, Eliza and Elisa, right? right? They literally have like, you want to close distance, press a button, they're in. If you don't have particularly strong defense, uh, you can play characters uh, which just have incredibly strong, you know, you don't, you're not particularly good at blocking and guessing things. Uh, you can have play characters, yeah, you can play Asuka and Zhao Yu and Feng. Um, yeah. And so a lot of characters are there, you know, you can, you can find uh, like specific ways to improve things, like to not improve, but to, to kind of support things that you're not particularly good at already. Um, and Leroy is just meant, I think, to be just an all-rounder, like they just want him to be seen on stream. Uh, and they just want him to be like Namco saw how popular he was, and they want him to be seen at this at this point. But in general, the the balancing process of, has been one since I think Tekken Six, where they want character, they want people to feel powerful when they are playing, and they don't want them to have too much, um, and they don't want them to be like gated by impossible matchups. Um, so like yeah, just to go back in in like history for a bit if we, we we think about like tekken 6 and tekken when tekken 6 got released and it's it's reaction in uh as it was being like brought out into the world is that the main thing to remember about tekken 6 is that it was it was the first tekken which was very uh which was very very popular in the arcades in japan it was the first one. It became, you know, the it was the number one seller in Japan in the arcades, like for a very, very long time. It was the most popular game there, and it, Tekken had never historically been that popular. And in terms of the like the significant balancing changes in Tekken Six, what it did was it cleaned out specific punishment weaknesses from for a lot of characters. It made wall combos much, much easier. Made made move lists pretty big. And jabs are all um, 10 frames. They removed the eight frame jabs. jabs are all, well. Yeah. Started universalizing the system. And yeah. um, what else? Um, oh, yeah. And, and toned movement down. Um, and this was, this ended up being super popular. And I think that, like, the way that it ended up being popular is that you specifically want it to be popular as an arcade game. This was how Tekken was balanced. You you bring you want to bring people back to put more money in, and I think to do that you have you they brought them back to characters with huge move lists with minimized matchup problems, and so the way Tekken works now is is sort of closer to an RPG than perhaps it did back in the day, because you can constantly explore your character's huge, diverse move list on your own. And you constantly have powerful tools. So, oh yeah, the other thing, Tekken 6 started adding launchers which go through everything. Uh, I don't want to say necessarily <laughs> yeah. crushing, like launchers which go through everything. So you have powerful, you don't necessarily know what all the other things are going on. Let's say I'm a, just an average player playing in the arcade. I don't necessarily know everything that's coming at me. But I know I have hard counters that I can just throw out that will clean out lots of things. I know I have Lars up for three. Zafina. Uh, that will yeah, clean up Zafina. Yeah. yeah. And they added these things in more and more over time. Um, but I can just sit there with my character and I can grind my ranks and my card, which I would have, and I can get better with my own character. I don't necessarily 
But the thing is, once I go out into the wider world, every character has been designed like mine. Every character has its own giant move list. Every character has like to explore for this own as like its own like its own like personal RPG to to explore this character as like its own personal RPG. Every character is like this. They're all they and they you have to learn everyone else's hard counters and what there are to them. So right. in some ways, like making the game more of a journey with your own character has made the journey of understanding every character very, very, very hard for a lot of people. Um, mm. And the the systemic rules used to like determine whether to uh, uh, to determine how to act against them are often like quite blurry. So this is this is why I think the game is is very very is a very 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 challenging. <coughs> uh, I thought like in terms of how the game rewards legacy skill, as Leffen said that it re- rewards legacy skill too much. Uh, before we actually uh, went live with the podcast. Um, Dinosaur said something very interesting that we talked a little bit about Leroy and then he said, well, what about if a particular or a certain legacy character was released now, you know, for the first time, like Horang, for example, we're so used to Horang ever since Tekken 3, we've learned to deal with him. We've, the move list has been built upon over time, over the years, and we get used to everything from one game to the next. But what if Horang was released, you know, a week ago, and he's completely new, and he has his Tekken 7 move list, <laughs> would that even work? <laughs> it would be so absurd. Yeah, so absurd. Mm. It would be seen as like triple S plus for like a year, I guess, before people yeah, would get used to it. Yeah, yeah he was, because I mean, and Huarang is someone who has been incredibly conservatively balanced in, in many ways, because he He's been trash in pretty much every Tekken game, uh, apart yeah. from Tekken Seven, where he's he's fine. But you know they were incredibly cautious about making him good. He's he's rubbish in Tekken Three. He's rubbish in Tekken Tag. He's rubbish in Tekken Four. He's rubbish in Tekken Five. He gets better in every single game. In every single game, they've buffed him, and he's still been yeah. he's he's still been crap until like Tekken Tag, where he was okay, and Tekken Seven, where he's okay. And, yeah. like, and this thing is that they, they like did this so cautiously. If you just slammed this character right in people's faces, they would have been horrified. <laughs> <laughs> I think, they, yeah, exactly. They go, you have a million moves to mix up from, so you don't get good moves. <laughs> you don't get good frames. It's, it's like lay in a sense where it's such a nightmare to, to just deal with the move list that you can't really have them have, you know, that super strong downford one or low poke and all of that. Um, very interesting in terms of balancing. But as you said, like, if one of those characters were just dropped upon us right now or like King, it, it would be yeah, worse than Leroy. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is why, like, historically, like the new characters they've added, with the possible exception of the 2Ds, have been, they've been super simple and they've been very conservatively designed. Like, Shaheen, uh, Kazumi, Katarina, or basically all the new characters apart from the two Ds, um, have they're just like a lot of the time they're just simplified archetypes of other characters. They're just like Shaheen is just Shaheen is just boring Lee. 
Uh, <laughs> Kazumi is just. Kazumi is You're just. You're hurting feelings, dinosaur. Stop it. <laughs> Kazumi, <laughs> Kazumi and Jimpachi are just terrible, terrible training wheels Mishimas. Like, right. that just happen to be better than actual Mishimas. Like, um, I mean, this is the other problem is that obviously, like, training wheels, they are training wheels versions of characters which are better than the characters they're, they're like, meant to be training wheels versions of. But, like, you know, but they're very conservative in the introduction. And then they say, okay, we basically, we know how these, these characters work with these, you know, so we give them, you know, you, you make a character, and, you know, in Tekken 8, they'll probably introduce, you know, he'll be, he'll be Frank Tekken. <laughs> and his, he will be from like Argentina, and he will have a poke low, a full crouch sweep, a hop kick which evades things, a down forward two, a down forward one, a twelve frame punisher, and like and a stance which has a plus and block high, a launch punishable low, a mid, and another move which no one ever uses, and the stance will mostly get used in combos. Like <laughs> that will yeah. be the next Tekken eight. So they they know how to balance this stuff, but like. So, uh, like, yeah, so they have traditionally been, like, pretty conservative with the way they've, they've like, introduced new characters, like, just in yeah, terms but... of their framework and how they're designed. Right. But so with Leroy, you watch the trailer, you see the gameplay trailer. What were you expecting out of that character? What were you guessing? Like, yeah, like, you, you were thinking, yeah, he's going to be cool. And <laughs> then you're like, oh, he's actually, he's actually, like, a super basic character. Like... <laughs> He's been he's been designed to be like not particularly interesting. No, exa mm. no, exactly. Can do everything Ooh. and everything really well. Doesn't really stand out in anything. Like, yeah. But what's yes, like? Were, were you expecting something else? Because I was expecting more of a defensive character with very bad range and a multiple parries, basically. Yeah, pretty much. And some I yeah. yeah, I think I was expecting, you know, I, we were all expecting someone approximately similar to Wang. And he is a bit similar to Wang. He's just way, way better. Like, um, he's, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit, tiny bit, you know. Wang, Wang, not a good character, particularly. Leroy, he's all right. <laughs> all right. He's okay. Pretty average. I was expecting them to bring out a broken character because that makes them a lot of money. Turns out that's what they did. Oh, come I mean... on. Yeah, say that about Marduk, Armor King, Julia. Yeah, fair I mean, Julia's enough, execution. I yeah. like the argument where like, if you bring in a really complex old uh, legacy character now, there's so much stuff that it becomes a nightmare to deal with. I think the uh, point to make there is that if you look at these legacy characters, they don't have orbitals that are minus three, though. No, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, like, you you've taken that a pretty bare bones design, but you've intentionally, like we spoke about earlier, taken the numbers and then just shaved off impact frames, shaved off disadvantage frames, until you but have. They, but they've yeah. just given him everything. Like he has every type of good move archetype I, I can think of. Every good like move archetype, but then they also broke the frame data and they did that for, like you said, they want him to be used, they want him to be seen on stream, but that's obviously for because he's a marketing gimmick. And I think yeah. that like like I'm I'm not criticizing anybody of criminal wrongdoing for the record. I'm just criticizing them and and, and calling it wrongdoing, and I'm calling them cunts. 
Yeah. No, um, yeah, very fucked up. <laughs> so does does everyone think he was overpowered on purpose? Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly. Uh, I like mean, you... he was over. They wanted to make a cool character that fits the hype of the trailer. And so they did. They gave it. I mean, after watching the trailers, after watching the very first teaser that we got from Leroy, we all thought he's going to be the new badass, one of the coolest characters we've ever seen. Probably ever since Tekken 6 dropped, he is the newest or the coolest new looking character we've ever gotten ever since Tekken Mm -hmm. 6. But he's just so dry to play. And in his moveset, he's just so dumb that after playing him for an hour, it just feels tiring or it doesn't feel fun. Um, it's not really but, yeah, I mean, yeah. They just wanted to, they just kind of wanted to make people actually feel super strong playing with him so that Leroy could live up to the expectations showing in the trailer. I think that's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the question becomes like, are you. Because you spoke about the beauty of Tekken earlier, which I think is a, a great point. Do you want Tekken to be a beautiful and good game, or do you want to sell noodles and DLC to like fed children who don't know better? And that's the choice you have to make. Yeah. Uh, I in, just in general. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, like, uh, in general, like Tekken Seven is the most popular. Second, they've released pages like people really like it so that they're, they're clearly doing things which are like good which which people which people are responding to like it's clearly the most balanced second ever uh this especially like the most recent iteration of it with the possible you know with the except possible exception of leroy but uh, is is I don't think we can yet see whether he's the best character in the game yet. Uh, I think it's it's he's he's clearly up there, but I, I don't necessarily know that he's actually unbeatable at a top 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 level. I think he's every one of his moves has some risk to it. It's just I don't still don't know how the like the entirety of it all locks together. I'm, at least from my perspective, but mm. um, but yeah, as like going back to the thing of. Of is Tekken too hard to get into? Like, yeah, and sometimes the the, the I think the the problem is is the moment the difficulty is not necessarily in uh, ways which are entertaining for people. Like, uh, I think that because that that was Leffen's like primary thing is that he was okay with the movement and okay with the challenging stuff, but what he wasn't good with was. Um, the sheer uh, like amount of stuff he needed to learn, and I think yeah. that the way I think, and I think there are ways around this. I don't think you need to be like. I think there are still a lot of moves which just don't serve much purpose. You know, we, I think uh, in the PDF, like Arya called out my my one of my personal least favorite moves that exist in in Tekken. Hey, Hatchie's down forward one one. Yeah, like Hatchie hey, isn't a terrible. Heihachi's um like Heihachi's not a, like a dominating top tier character and he's he's super hard to play like maybe maybe the hardest character to play in the game or at least certainly up there um doesn't win tournaments doesn't mean that his down forward 1-1 makes any sense like or like what's his down forward 1-1 there for it's like what does it do 
all it does is just like a downfall one, but it adds a bit more damage at the cost of a little more risk. Like does it, that doesn't really have like a strategic purpose. You just mm. it's just there. It just exists, and you can use it in some wall combat or whatever. But like, what do any downfall one ones exist for? Like, the, a downfall one doesn't serve as a as that purpose anyway. But doesn't that track the second hit? Yeah, and that's hurt. and that's yeah. a. And that's a terrible thing to have happen because, again, it's one no. of these things where you're like, you annoy people. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's like one of these things where like you're um, it, it, you, it's just something you have to learn. You're going to be like, oh yeah, this move looks incredibly linear. All of these other moves which are like this are linear, and they had she's won the second day. It's just a homing move. You now have to learn that. Like, just learn that property <laughs> and just remember that one for next time. It's a homing move, um, and and like. There's tons of moves which are sort of like this. I don't. I just don't really know what they're there for. They're just there to, to make the game a bit more like just have stuff to throw out in it. You know, it makes it that kind of let's do moves until they work kind of yeah kind of play. Like they don't necessarily have clear strategic applications. So I think you can make the game. You can keep the game fun, and you can keep the game balanced, and you can keep the game. You know with that sense of exploration of your own character. But you also, like, you have to give people, like, fun, good reasons to use moves. You like, mm-hmm. waves, which, things which make sense. Like, yeah, but, so I, I think, like, for in terms of making the game itself easier, uh, or the game itself more approachable, I think, obviously, you know, the tutorials and everything are a given. Like, everyone, everyone, 100% of people can agree on this. Uh, like, the game itself, I think they, I think trimming the bloat makes a lot more sense than a, than attacking the movement system, at least in part because they've been attacking the movement system and the general mechanics of the game for years. They've toned down uh, the ground game, they've toned down the throw game, they've toned down movement. All of the mechanics in the game have been consistently being getting sort of cut away a bit, a bit. Mm. But the the amount of moves has just kept going up and up and up and up and up. But they will never remove that because I think they see that as content. You pay for this. Look at all this vast array of moves. Look how complicated it is. I think they see that as a selling point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's like this, and there's tons of tons of moves like this. Um, like where I don't think I think they should think about you know the moves add to the identities of characters. I've talked about this with Aya a lot of times. Uh, Aya one. Um, <laughs> Uh, Why does he get to be one? I knew him first. <laughs> um, so, like, so many characters, their best moves are downfall ones and downfall two or downfall twos. And you've got to ask yeah. yourself, like, you don't necessarily need to balance characters around having good downfall ones and downfall twos. It's possible. Marduk doesn't have a good downfall downfall one. I mean, uh, the equivalent of a downfall one. He doesn't have anything like a downfall one. He's still a really good character. Yeah. Steve does not have anything like a downfall two or a launcher like that. He's still a really good character. Like you can look at characters like, yeah, yeah. You can look at characters like Law and Paul and Huarang and all these other kind of people, and you'd be like, why does so much of your gameplay revolve around generic right uppercuts? Mm. Like, does Paul really need a downfall two? You could make a good version (laughs) of Paul that didn't have a downfall two. (laughs) Does Paul need that many? Would I do like this, standing three yeah. meters away from my opponent? <laughs> yeah, like Horong Hor- is a perfect example here. Like you have such a 
cool, expressive character with this huge move list and down forward two is one of his best moves. I mean, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I think like a lot of the, it makes things easier to understand if you can, if you can figure out that it makes things to, easier to understand and characters easier to learn if things fit in with their identity. Paul can be a good character if he didn't have a down forward two. Does Paul need like five hopkick variations or however many he has? Um, mm. Like you're like here's hopkick and here's also one shredder kick and here's two shredder kicks and there's his Ford Ford shredder kicks and they're all different and um, and you're like what does that do for the character and like yeah. does Law need a and you know Paul's down forward two will randomly go onto jabs Law's down forward two is a homing move for some reason is <laughs> like a, are these things which allow, like these things, you just have to learn them by getting them bashed into your head. Mm. But they're not like, yeah. you don't immediately like look at Bruce Lee and say, that would be someone who would, you know, he, I, I want to see Bruce Lee just doing a generic right uppercut all the time because like you don't see him doing that in Enter the Dragon. Like the guy tries to sidestep around him and then, and then Bruce Lee just like uppercuts him over here and O'Hara, O'Hara goes up in the air. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's, that's my general take. Oh, sorry. Yeah, a lot of um, you see these generic tools um everywhere uh, among the characters, and as much as you want to think um um, uh, how do I lay this out? You want to see Tekken as a game with forty six unique characters, but when you really look into it. So many characters fit into archetypes, and it's the same with moves. Like, down for twos are just universally super powerful. But that's so nice to have characters like you described. Like, Marduk doesn't have a down for one, really. Uh, Brian, where you press, you know, down for one, and you get Gatling punches, who are very different to your generic down for one. And his, his down for two is on elbow, which is like minus six, minus seven. Um, it's so cool when, when the characters actually, you know, bend those... Um, uh, things we take for granted and i guess maybe it's what you said dinosaur but it would be nice to see more of that and yeah maybe paul doesn't need a down for two maybe he can do something else um yeah more of that i think would be great i feel noctis is a really cool dlc character because of his range in my opinion he's a little bit like a siege tank in starcraft where he has uh, uh well at least in season two like his effective range <laughs> was uh pretty sick with the uh, um, Dynamic one plus two abuse that uh, just a crazy, crazy amount. Um, but yeah, I, more of that would be great. I'm pretty sure I've I've read an interview though where um, Harada stated that a lot of characters have powerful generic shared moves to make the game easier to get into and to make it easier for players to hop between characters because now you have 49 of them and mm. you you want a you know greater diversity of character use, usage. Mm. Is that yeah, the best way of going yeah. about it, though? But I think it's because there's there's all you get. You then get a big diversity in how good those generic tools are. Like the downforward ones in this, like downforward ones in this game, for example. There's like let's say no, let's say Leo doesn't have very good tracking, doesn't have very good rate. It's like Leo is probably like has one of the worst downforward ones. And that's just why you don't see Leo very much. It's just the way it is. Shaheen, huge range. 
Uh, okay, tracking to good, decent tracking to the left. No high evasion properties. Lee, okay range. High evasion properties. Completely tracks. Uh, mm. Completely tracks to his left. Uh, Miguel uh, tracks completely to his left. Has a follow up. Not as good on block as other ones. Has two follow ups. Um, you know, Kazumi tracks completely to her right. Uh, mm. Very, very small evasion properties. Uh, you know, so the thing is, and you know, the downfall twos laws free keeps tracking. No reason. Uh, Pauls goes under things for whatever. Like you know, so they're mm. they're quote unquote universalized. But you have to learn a ton of weird properties for all of them. Like they're they're all they're like, they're all different in subtle but like game affecting ways. Mm -hmm. Right. But now we're talking about like very very top tier level of players, and I think it's something that maybe well Leffen is a top tier player, not necessarily a Tekken player, but it would be nice to have things that average Joe picks up the game can see immediately that oh when mm -hmm. I press down for one with this character, it's completely different. And it's yep. immediately apparent that the characters set themselves apart. Whereas what you're describing is very real to everyone sitting here in this conversation. But to 99% of tech players, they're probably hearing this for the very first time, hmm. I'm guessing. So, so if you I, want, I, I guess... Hmm? Sorry. So I just want to ask. So if you want to make tech easier, is it better to remove generic tools or to normalize them? Should have a smaller roster so that you can have more unique designs that stand out from one another, but still are balanced in relation to one another. When you try and have 50 characters um, and they're going to exist in the same environment, then you're going to end up with generic tools. Otherwise, you're going to have these weird outliers where, a like Akuma, where they just play their own game, you know, and do completely different things. But if you don't balance that properly, then it breaks the game. So I think a smaller roster is the answer to that. Hmm. If there were like, you know, a, a much smaller roster and you had to worry about maybe five, six, seven different downford ones, that's not that difficult to do. Yeah, I'd if love to all see characters were represented, by the way, in the online environment, if all characters were balanced enough that they were all being used, then you would encounter all those different variations of the downford one on a daily basis. But there are a couple of downford ones right now, like Leos, that you're never going to learn how to play against because nobody wants to use the character. They just want to play Leroy because his downford one is minus one. Mm. Um, I kind of liked that with Tekken 4. It had 19 characters, and they were all very different from each other. And maybe 19 is a number we laugh at today. But when each character is so complicated, 19 kind of makes sense. I think like the perfect number is around 25. Yeah, 25 to 30. Yeah, yeah. I This is what Tekken 7 was initially, I guess, conceived at as a way to reduce the bloat from Tag 2. Because yeah. I... I and now we're sitting on season three, 49 characters, 48 unique characters, which is more than Tekken Tag 2 now. And we're back at the same problem. Um, yeah. yeah. And we get the power creep issue that we talked about in the last episode where, I mean, I'm sorry that I keep on coming back to this, but I'm becoming pretty jaded, but it's, it's profitable and it keeps the hype going when the characters are good. Um, and it creates the balance issues that, that we are seeing where parts of the roster are just completely neglected by the online community, the tournament community. I think it's really sad. Yeah. Um, 
Dinosaur, can you please explain the balancing team's decisions with Gigas, please? Um, I think <laughs> he is... Uh, honestly, like, I think the problem with Gigas is that he's he's actually, like, he's pretty cheap. Like, he's not good. He is cheap. Mm. Like, these are different. Like, these things are different. Like, Gigas is actually, like, he, he's, he's a character. He's like True Ogre in Tekken Tag uh two he is okay, he's not I good one <laughs> what's that i, I thought you he, were going to say tech and tag one i was like no 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 no, no, no. yeah no he's a little, he's a little bit worse than tech and tag one true okay. <laughs> just a tiny bit um no he, he's like he's like tech and tag uh two droga and the character is not good but he's super easy to play gigas is not hard to play at all mm. and he has a very annoying and actually reasonably like bottom to top level practical play style like that you can just rely on he's similar you know like jack right you you only need to do two or three things to actually play functional gigas mm. and mm. the problem is you can either tone these things down and in which case you might find and you know buff the rest of his move list um or you can just sort of leave him as he is because he has had like surprisingly like he's had more tournament success probably than and like obviously way better characters than like say hey hatchy and leo a lot of the time you know like say for example like you know like the time when the gigas team uh beat the korean team in master cup because all you really need to do with gigas is you need to do down four while standing one one two punish things down two punish things and then, like, if you want to get crazy, you do down back two and forward forward two, and then maybe like the rage drive against certain characters and so on. Like, he's a very, very, very simple and actually, like, yeah, like I said, pretty cheap character. And the problem is with simple and cheap is that it's very difficult to stop that from uh, doing well. It's like if you make that too good, it is like it is very horrible to watch and very horrible to play against. Like, if Gigas was actually a good character. Like with his current tool set, he would, and he had the kind of exposure that, say, like Tekken Seven Jack, like Season One Jack did. People would hate him. He is way more boring than Season One Jack. He is even <laughs> like. So I, I think that, like, they're honestly they're pretty concerned about like is that just he would that he can, uh, can he can would be ask, very boring if he was good. When you say it's cheap, uh, what exactly are you? In- uh, what exactly are you talking about? Is it the range, the simplicity, or the charge? Or... Yeah, yeah. It's basically okay. just like you just like it's pretty simple. You just do you just do like a one jab or a down four or a down and four or a while standing one. And while standing one will go through things. Jab will be everything else, and down and four will chip them away. And when they eat down four, you do while standing one. It will beat jabs, or you back dash and whiff punish them if they do something else. And then sometimes you do forward forward two just to stop them from maybe doing something. And hmm. like this is a very core like move list you can use to make this character effective against like a lot of people, and he will lose against most of the cast in like long sets and so on because they'll just beat him down due to his fundamental flaws. But his uh, like this approach like it, it's it's really cheap. Uh, it's it, it's just not it's not good. It's not good over the long term, but it's very simple and easy to do. Very very simple and easy to do. So in the uh, short like, you know, time, good success, and then it falls apart, basically. 
Yeah, and it's just it's just there's no effort to it. You can put all your mind into like breaking throws and reacting to the opponent's offense because you only have a very small thing amount of things to worry about. It's like Jack or Noctis or any of these other characters. Mm. It's very difficult Cousin-y. to like. Yeah, even more so than than and even more so than almost any of the others. He's he's really genuinely I think one of the easiest characters to play in the game, mm. and mm. so I think that they're, they're they're just pretty. I think they're just worried about that that he is that he would actually not be particularly entertaining. I think, you know, obviously the way to do it is to improve the rest of his move list and maybe make, you know, remove weird high evasion properties on his while standing one and a couple of other things, you know, balance him out a bit. But I don't think they care because he's not popular enough. Mm-hmm. So they just like, they just leave him where he is and they're like, well, no one's ever going to see that this character's pretty annoying. So you can just. <laughs> but isn't there a paradox there as well? As you say, he's potentially the easiest, but then at the absolute highest level, he has to be one of the absolute hardest. If you're facing uh, someone who knows um, these core uh, sets of moves and how to use them, and you know, knows the matchup on a fundamental level, like what the fuck do you do with Gigas? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that's what good and bad is, right? It's just, yeah, right, it's just right. how, how, easy is, how easy is this character at a given levels of play and you know, over longer timescales, like Devil, like um, DR Devil Jin was the best character in that game. Yeah, I would say like characters like Kazuya are maybe the opposite, where someone just picks them up and you can do Rising Sun for a while and a couple of strings, but after a while it doesn't really work anymore. Or people who play Brian, they go to green ranks, and as soon as people block Snake Edge, they drop the character because they don't understand how to take it further, whereas with Gigas maybe you can see a lot of success for quite a while, and then suddenly you plateau, as in people start to know the matchup. Um, but of course, characters like Brian uh, or Kazia can do really well on high level. Uh, yeah. So is, is that co- like the opposite then? Uh, to an extent. like I mean, uh, Tekken is a game, I think, now where it is balanced in, enough that a lot of what defines how well characters do is not necessarily how good they are, but how easy they are. Like, as in, how many things do you have to keep in your mind? How much can you? How much effort can you devote to the game system instead of your mm-hmm. own character? Like, mm-hmm. and for a, lo- a long time, like tournaments have been dominated primarily by characters that are pretty easy. And this is, I think, why Akuma. Like, it took him so long to turn up. Like, people have just not wanted to play. Particularly, like, people want to don't want to have to give tons of their mental energy to maintaining a complex, difficult character in tournament. Mm. Um, so like Mishima's, you know, the classic example, you know, they're very, very clearly good in this game, but do not have much tournament presence. Uh, Brian, clearly very good. Uh, but being able to not think, being able to, like I said, give all of your energy to the system, very, very, like, is, is very, very powerful, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, Arya Miho, did you um, do you have anything to to say to that? I mean, I, I definitely agree. You know, I mean, the 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 game is so balanced now that the the most important um, factor is difficulty at this point. Yeah, Sefi, Sefi, you can go first. Mm, yeah, I think since uh, there are so many moves, really difficult to learn this game. Though, as you have said as well. But to think about the solution against for that is really difficult. Like 
Um, this makes also Tekken so special to have various, uh, a lot of moves. And people who are trying to start with the game are looking at the list and they don't see how important or not important these moves are. Like, they just see, oh man, um, King or Lei has got over 100, what, 150 moves. And this makes them so scared about that to try this this character but at the end you just see 20 or 30 moves on a high level you don't see many moves on a certain level but for a lot on i would say a beginner level you will see a lot of moves from beginners because they are like okay i want to test out this move i want to try out this move and this makes beginners um quite scared to lab all these things but if you reach the level that you know okay snake edge is reactable or this move is not useful at all because it's so punishable on block then you don't need to worry about that move at all since you um yes win against these moves i would say in on a certain level so if they are if beginners are reach that kind of level it takes time. They can't do it on, in a week like Leffen tried that. They need way more time to um, be successful against a lot of characters, like 49 characters, right? But at the end, they, these things won't be an, um, an important anymore if you are on a high level because you don't see a snake at your useful, useless moves at all. But mm. to uh, reduce the gap or, let's say, to do it easier for the beginner level, it's, mm, to find a solution would be tutorial, that's true. But maybe also, I was thinking about that, to mention some special properties from that move. For example, if you want to, say, a down for two by Paul, um, it has other properties like uh, another down for two, like loss. For example, the special thing about false property is like it's more high crush. Uh, it has more, it's more evasive uh, than loss down for two. And maybe to mention that in the command list would be a good thing to um, show people who are trying to use these moves and they'll know these uh, properties to show, yeah, okay, uh, be careful about that, and be, this is one of the side effects of that move. Maybe mm. this would help to have a notation for certain moves to show them, okay, uh, this is a high crush uh, move, this has other properties, like this tracks well to this side, to make it more visible or more accessible for beginners. Like, we know that because we have the experience, but not everyone knows that. Mm. But yeah, mm. this, man, this came to my mind. You would have to normalize, if you're going to make notations, for example, high crush in the move list, you'd have to normalize high crush so that all moves that have the property would crush highs in the same way. Do you stick the high crush property icon on like an orbital that goes over highs because the hitbox is bullshit, you know? It's it's really mm -hmm. difficult that the complexity of the 3D models is kind of what <clears throat> you know makes the game so difficult. 
because you get these subtle differences that are really so you would almost have to like normalize the properties of the moves if you wanted to make useful instructional material that refer to it mm-hmm. uh i mean if if you want to reduce the skill skill gap i think if the game is doing so well right now uh, like we've been talking about how extremely popular it is i think honestly there's no real need for it you either play it long enough that you catch the tech and bug and then you keep going or you don't mm. um and, and if you don't maybe it's not for you but if you're going to attack something then i would prefer you attack the movement system and simplify it over releasing you know a, a a character that's too cheap and allows people to catch up because the properties or the frame data are too good um i mean a namco are never going to attack the movement system over releasing a character like Lira because they can't monetize a simplified Korean backdash but that would be really funny if the next DLC was you can pay to get a Korean backdash that is just a button input and you can bind it to something that would be that would be the funniest thing dude that would be the that's season 4 yeah you just buy you just buy the the free Korean backdash that you bind to shoulder button (laughs) That'd be fucking sick. Yeah, sixty-five dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, just to to re- rewind a bit, we were talking a bit about crush properties, and actually, Dino and I we we made a video like two years ago about. I mean, um, high crush and low crush are really defined things in the game, and they're probably better worded as tech crouch and tech jump. I think that'll probably make it easier to understand. But a, a, a move that is. A high crush property is is technically crouching, so it will always evade highs, right? Yeah. And a, and a move that is um, a low crush is technically jumping, so it will always um, avoid lows. And then then you have moves, and which for example like um, orbital. The reason that high crush is it's nothing to do with it being, um, uh, you know, tech uh, tech crouch or anything. But it's because of, of frame box uh, of um, hitbox interaction, and when you're talking about that, there's a there's a wide spectrum of variance or variation. So I mean, it, it's it's kind of a subtle difference, but um, hitbox interaction and low crush, high crush are two distinct things, but there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, yeah. I, I generally use the technical term avoid stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like. When I'm talking about like or goes under stuff, like when I'm talking about like pulls down forward too, because I think this is a like this is a, this is pretty uh, like technically descriptive. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say pulls down forward two is high crush because you can electric or back one him out of it every time. Mm. Uh, but I just think it goes under stuff. Uh, similarly, you get like a few moves which will go over stuff, but if you you can actually knock them out of them in the air with big enough hitbox lows. Like um, certain points of like capital punishment and stuff like that, you can just uh, or like ravens up forward three, you can just boot them out of the. You can just literally boot them out of midair with lows. So for whatever reason, they're in the air, but they are not like technically jumping. Yeah, that happens a lot. It's it's really annoying with some characters where you really think like you're obviously in the air, but somebody can normal launch you. For full combo damage, and you don't get the airborne scaling. Yep, that I happens with uh, going in with four, four, three, four. For example, the homing move with uh, Eliza. When she's going in with that, you can just launch her normally, even though she's literally flying in the air. Yeah. Excellent. Carry on yeah, I, I think I saw someone, someone doing it 
I think I saw someone doing it to um, King's up, up and two, like the big elbow drop. They like somehow launched it with can cans on the way down. Yeah, like with Jim, oh. something like that. It was it was that incredible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor King. <laughs> yeah, um, but you'd probably be so caught off guard when you hit that launch that you drop a combo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least it's a relatively slow launcher, so you'd have a bit of time to think about it. But yeah, you'd be oh, like, yeah. you'd be like, yeah, what did I? Blah, blah. Um, but yeah, like I, I think in general, um, uh, like the things to do would be to um, like to, to make the game more approachable. Like focusing on car- character archetypes, make sure moves make sense within like who the character is as a personality. Because a lot of like and ask, there's a lot of what's great about Tekken is that it allows for a lot of personal expression. Um, you can, um, and a lot of people have found, you know, characters which really they find are really like expressive for them, for who they are and how they want to play. And you don't necessarily want to take that away from people. Um, and you don't want to make it, you know, so that they can't play that character because the character just isn't good enough. Uh, but I think like you, they should, when they're balancing, they should think about, you know, do, the, do these characters, does this move like allow for personal like, expression and, and like strategic, does it have a strategic purpose? Or is it just kind of there? Is it just kind of a move which exists for a purpose? Does this character have... Why does Lars have four, at least four, like, launches all around the same speed? Uh, like, he's got uh, forward back 2-1, forward both punches, down forward 2-1, and up forward 3, which were all around 16-15 frame normal hit launches. Yeah. With slightly different properties... And you're like, why does he have four of these? Like, you it's just him, confused, I guess. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, oh, yeah, so there's up 4 3. And when up 4 3 first came out, it was a nightmare to punish because he sidestepped on the way down. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got up 4 3. You've got a duck down 4 2 1. You've got a launch punish board back 2 1. You've got a minus 13. They're all pretty much the same move in utility. Like down forward two's got some tiny bit of evasion, bloody blah. blah. Um, but, but like four yeah, so they should reactions your opponent has to do. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. that one, duck. Oh, it's that yeah, one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so you, you can yeah. think about like how do you, you need to balance this because that's just le- that's just stuff. That's not depth. It's just stuff. Yeah. And you can make Lars better and you can make him more interesting without giving him things that he already has. And with you know, I think they've done a very good job of balancing season three Lars out and adding more interesting things, without like yeah. removing his. You know, they haven't affected his personality much. So that's how I think you balance. You take out things which don't really exist or have a very niche purpose, and you focus on the the personality of the character. And I think maybe you want to focus on this from a roster standpoint as well. If there are too many characters, you know, we should just delete Shaheen. <laughs> <laughs> Like, but they did this. They obviously removed Armor King, gave yeah, yeah, some exactly. of Armor King's moves to King, 4 to yeah. 1, down 3. We, we only need one grappler, guys. Let's minimize. Let's not bloat anymore. Then mm-hmm. game sells well. Put in Armor King, you know, and suddenly he's back. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so I, I think they, they had the idea, but then the game did too well. So it's a double edged sword. <laughs> now we got to add more content, and uh-huh. suddenly it's a nightmare. And but I yeah. guess the intense plan was to actually remove the bloating, like Armor King, Tekken 8, remove Shaheen, no one plays him. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like, but yeah, I mean, I think Shaheen was there because initially Lee wasn't in the game. Like, they were just like, yeah. why don't we just have like an easy Lee? And, yeah. you know, people complain about him. And then they were like, actually, people do kind of miss Lee, the real Lee. Let's bring back the hard one and make him terrible. Yeah, and, and just the fact that they, they actually removed Lee, only season one DLC was guaranteed. Season two was a bonus because the game did well. They actually removed Lei. Mm-hmm. Classic, iconic, legacy character, Jackie Chan, knockoff, and they removed him. Julia. But then they backpedal. Speaking of Lee being terrible, actually, um, I know someone who disagrees with that. Uh, I mean, he I, was terrible. I mean, when they, when they brought him back in 7.0, we're talking, oh, right, I mean, right, right. Not, okay. like, when they, yeah, like, Lee and Miguel were, like, yeah, yeah, okay. not too good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, um, on that point, should we should we go on to the the tier list topic, or uh, or is there anything else we want to? There is there is one thing that I would like to mention or talk about before we go to the tier list. Sure. Um, I was talking to my chat the other day about it, and uh, since we're talking about buffs and nerfs, or how characters should be changed in order to press yourself as a player better when you identify yourself with a character. Is it a good choice to nerf a character based on based on say like the community saying that things are too good or too bad, or is it better to buff or nerf things based on how good the actual tool set actually is? So, like for example, you were talking about down forward one one Heihachi having no purpose. Um, or like I don't know, like perhaps Paul's down for two, uh, having some frames where it goes under high, uh, or where it goes under highs. Um, is is that a point where like the dev team should, or the balancing team should take a look at? Just look at the character and see like, okay, he has too many good tools. What could we tone down in order to not ruin the character, but make him so that you could express yourself more with the character? Is that is that like a good approach, or is it better to kind of listen to the? I don't know. Namco probably has certain statistics where they look into their data and just see like, okay, an online Heihachi probably uses a lot of forward four two or full crouch down forward four. So should we just tone down the damage because at the lower level a lot of people get hit by that? Um, that 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 was kind of that was something that I was thinking about with my chat the other day, and I would like to talk about it with you guys for a little bit because I think that's a really interesting topic. Should it be so that certain moves get buffed or nerfed based on um, how many casuals, maybe competitors, get hit by it? Or should it be buffed or nerfed just because the moves are too good or too bad? What are your guys' thoughts on that? I've said since we started talking about balancing in tiers on this podcast that I think you should balance with respect to online and onto tournaments because if you're a professional player and you play Tekken for a living and you're that good at it, then you'll figure it out. You'll find something you can do. But the vast majority of the consumers, you know, the people who actually play Tekken, the vast majority of matches, the people who suffer when the balance is really bad, it's the online community. I think one to answer your question, one thing you could look at is just usage statistics. Because if a character is theoretically very good, but is never used, then it's not really a problem. But when Leroy is simultaneously too good and the most popular character online, then online becomes unplayable. Um, I think you just 
democracy and focusing on online is the way to do it. And then the competitive scene of the top guys, I mean, we don't need to help them. You know what I mean? They'll always find something that they like they can make work. Mm. Some of them are playing Leroy right now. You know? With my question, I didn't I didn't objectively mean to kind of like um to kind of like separate the online from the tournament no. community. What I meant is is it should a character be buffed or nerfed based on his two good tool sets? Or because a lot of people get I don't know, like hit out of things. It's kind of my point doesn't really get through, but I don't know how no, to. I, uh, I think I, no, I, yeah, because you're you saying like I mean? should yeah yeah because you should look at like should the character get changed because of like because of community feedback or because how they are like as a like because because of how they are as an existing character. You know, do mm. they do you should they. Should the dad balance team be independent in their assessments, or should they like listen to the complaints which are coming at them from like? And I think in in these cases, you should probably, I think the balance team should listen to people from uh, should take into account like how people are talking to them, but they should mm. not, should, they should not take their word as gospel because people are very very biased, mm. and every and people are people are shitty at picking things at at seeing how things are balanced or should be balanced and mm. not and this goes for low level players mid level players and top level players they are bad um everyone um and they are and they basically think what are things i personally struggle with i don't like them uh what a personal like nin for example was you know he was one of the best considered one of historically one of the top maybe three or four korean tekken players who ever lived right mm. um and you know huge amounts of success most a lot of people put him number two after knee um and if you asked him who were the best characters in tekken 6 he would say one of the characters he would say was like king and that's dumb that's <laughs> dumb like <laughs> that was a stupid opinion and uh, top players have tons of stupid opinions like and like the community also has tons of stupid opinions and has historic and listening to the community too much has done tremendous damage to Tekken in the past with this, yeah. like the classic example being Tekken 4. Because mm -hmm. when people played Tekken Tag, it was very popular um, as a tournament game, or at least okay as popular as a tournament game like Tekken is, you know, it was way less popular than it is now. But it was very spacing focused, very dominated by Mishimas and Ogres and uh, Changs to a lesser extent. Um, and people complained incessantly because it was the first competitive Tekken and people just complained about the things which were strong. They were like, and they said, the movement is too good in this game. You can backdash to the other side of the screen. It is ridiculous. Mishimas are too good in this game. They are mixing up. You knock down from 1-1-2. The God Fist is too much. The game is unrealistic. It looks stupid. Juggles go on for ages. Like, this game looks dumb. And so, uh, Namco, being like responsive to the needs of the community, they said, okay, here is Tekken 4. Like, and it was exactly everything. Like, I personally complained about Tekken Tag in these ways. Like, because I was like, yeah, this stuff is unfair. And I want to see a more closer up, exciting game. How could it be bad, right? I, I said, you know, I was on board with all this. And then Namco was just like, okay, here is Tekken 4. Backdash has been completely annihilated. 
the combo yeah. system has you can tech roll like a foot off the floor, and combo scaling and pushback are both huge. Um, Mishimas have been completely changed and are not very good. <laughs> um, like everything about the like, and you played the game, you're like, ah, I see, this is shit. <laughs> and it's uh, just like, so it nice was, it was, like but only counter hit launches <laughs> with twin pistons. Electric. Everything I'm, requires counter it, and you're like, but isn't this supposed to be a punishment? <laughs> I, I have to say. I have to say, like honestly, I fucking love Tekken 4 Kazuya. He's one of the funnest characters they've ever put in in Tekken. He, he's he's he just can't win, but he's so fun. Like, <laughs> he's so fun. You could just wave dash people into the wall and then do wall push one one two. He's so entertaining. Um, <laughs> oh, I love right, him, right. but um, but he's he's not very good. Uh, but like this was an exact example of the com- of like Namco just listening to community feedback and then making the game they asked for. And the community was like, what the fuck have you given us? <laughs> mm. And so like it is, so they should listen to like if things are obviously broken, if things are obviously out of hand, they should listen to people. But um and they, they should take into account what people are saying. But they should also like clearly remember like the lessons of the past and remember that they are the game designers and we do not know what the fuck we are talking about a lot of the time when it comes to that kind of thing. Like um, it's that it's actually very, very hard to like make a fun, balanced, fun, relatively balanced game. It's very, very hard. Not many people can do it. The Namco job team at the moment, you know, despite any of the issues with the game being a nightmare to get into now and being they have done a great job of this. It is still very balanced at very many at many different levels of play. Uh, it's very, very deep and like that. They they need to remember like they are like they're pretty good at this, um, yeah. and it don't take us too literally. Mm. Interesting. I think the game is poorly balanced, and I think it was poorly. <laughs> I think it's. I think it was poorly balanced before Leroy came out. I think it was a. It had huge balance balance issues before Leroy, and then he came out, and now we're in like you know. Uh, a, a situation that is even worse, and I think it is poorly balanced because they are making poor decisions. So I think actually lo- listening to a community that is, that is so much better at actually playing the game uh, than they are uh, would actually be a good idea. I mean, I you think guys- for Tekken standards, I think the balancing is really good. I mean, when I look back at Tekken Six, and then even worse, <laughs> Tekken Five, and then Dinosaur talks about Tag One, and if you try that game, it it is actually unbelievable it was balanced the way it was. When you play a character like Devil, when you play a character like Prototype Jack, those two characters are so (laughs) far apart vertically on a tier list, you can't see Devil at the top. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If if you want to talk about unbalance, let's, let's, (laughs) let's, sorry, one sec. Whereas that distance, you know, in Tekken 7, (laughs) the best to the worst is much, much smaller. Oh yeah, Not the difference smaller. between the difference yeah. between top and mid tier in tag is bigger than the entire cast list by like a significant margin, like yeah. that yeah. in in yeah. Tekken Seven. Like the entire cast list, as soon as you get outside, maybe ten characters. I mean, maybe even like less than that. Like the the devil yeah. and Jin versus like 
a all right mid tier character, like a, a people a character of the back in the day, people would be like, oh yeah, that's a good character. <laughs> like that is vastly bigger than the entirety of Tekken Seven could fit into that gap easily. Yeah, we don't have the option of playing older versions of Tekken though anymore. Only we're stuck with Seven, right? You have to try this just to see what it was like. Just pick Prototype Jack in Tag One and try and hit someone with his moves. They have no hitbox. <laughs> like, like, Fair enough. Just, should you be comparing a game that we're playing right now to one that was so much worse than, or do you? No, I mean, it's just like to see how far we've come. It's just to yeah. see how far we've come, you know, hmm. over the years. Just compare. Just compare Tekken Three Jin versus Porong with Tekken Seven. Devil Jin versus Horang. It's the, the gulf. I mean, what could Horang do in Tekken 3? What could he actually do? Uh, unblockable hunting hawk. Yeah, he had a he had a way like his one was 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 not good. Like, yeah, you could just pick Ogre. No, 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 wait. I was gonna say in Dinosaur, if you got to pick in Tekken 3, like oh ancient ogre or Horang, you'd go Horang every day for that flamingo. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, like his flamingo, which had uh, all those moves from it. He's got a bunch <laughs> of moves. Yeah. I mean he's uh, got a flamingo jab, which guarantees jabs. Uh on yeah. hit. And that that's pretty much it. Like he's got that's his move from Flamingo. And Talking he's got seven guys. Which season do you think is the best balanced one? Season one, two, or three? Um, after the input lag, I want to mention after the input fix delay, input lag after, fix. After, do we are we counting Leroy in season three? Yeah, everything. Yeah. Oh, okay, then, then two um, for now, two. But if you're counting three Leroy, maybe three minus Leroy. Three. Uh, yeah, yeah basically. Two minus Akuman and Geese, yeah. Fakum Ram's gonna be worse than Leroy though. You think? No. No. no he's man. coming out he's coming out nah. near TWT, I doubt it. Yeah, okay. I mean, well that's the, the one reason he might not be broken then, because it's gotta hit them in the wallet. I don't think he's yeah. I I just don't think he's been popular enough. Like I think they yeah. really look at like, I think they genuinely look at sentiment analytics when they decide decide how to like buff characters. Like I think they're gonna be like people don't seem that jazzed by this guy. Let's just whatever. Just make him alright. Yeah, 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 do the gigas thing. Bring him out. Yeah. People are not interested, so you punish the few people who are by just making him progressively <laughs> worse and creeping mm-hmm. the rest of the roster. Yeah, that could be another way they, they might go about it. Hmm. Yeah, I think probably like yeah, I mean, the thing is, the balancing the balancing for Tekken Seven has not really changed that much, really. Like, I know people talk about all the things that have changed in season one, two, three, but the characters winning tournaments have not changed dramatically. If you look at like, if you just tune into like the Street Fighter stream or something like that, you can often see people are playing complete like the same people are playing completely different characters than the ones they were when they were first starting to play, like. When they were playing, like you know, you'll be like Punk will be playing some other character, you know, whoever like the Street Fighter people are, they've like com- like the the tier list has completely altered who everyone plays. Everyone has jumped mm-hmm. onto different things. In this game, a lot of the time, the people who are playing and winning are the same people, and they're playing the same characters. And the sort of the effective characters who are winning tournaments are still borderline the same things with the exception of akuma and that's because people learned how to play him and not because he's better he's particularly better it's because people actually were like maxed him out 
But other than that, like, it's all just been kind of mostly Geese, Kazumi, like, a bit of Paul, Steve. I mean, like, I agree with you, but at the same time, it was pretty interesting to see season two drop and then the complete drop of um, Jack and Dragonov. Like, I really felt that as soon as season two hit, like, I used to see Dragonov all the time and then poof, gone. And everyone in tournaments where it felt like everyone had a sub Dragonov, poof, gone. And suddenly you start seeing geese everywhere. So it- I think that there's also like, there's also a thing to be said for like usage, people using characters because they think they're good rather than because they, like, if, you, if people think a character is good, he will attract good players and he will do well. And I think like, right. I honestly think like in season one, I think Dragonoff would, would would have been knocked out of the top tier meta over time due to the way that the game was progressing, because the game became much more about close up poking, taking minimal risks, and I just don't. I think he has horrible matchups. Uh, not horrible matchups, but like not like matchups he doesn't win against the top tier characters. Like mm. I don't think he's like I don't think he would beat if 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 people had kept on you know keep people kept on playing Kazumi. And they found out that like this like when people maximized Kazumi by finding out that you can press down and then a kick up button at the same time and it's actually pretty good, like that revolutionized the character for a lot of people. They were like, Oh yeah, down and kick. That's good. Wow, <laughs> this is the equivalent of maxing out Akuma. Like it goes under things. Tremendous. Um but yeah. like Kazumi would have Kazumi would have season one Kazumi optimized, I think, fucks up season one Dragonov. I think Steve yeah. has always fucked up Dragonov. These characters would have risen in effectiveness, and I think Dragonov just would have just would have steadily drifted out of like the very very top tier. I don't think he has good matchups against a lot of the characters that would have been, because I think those characters were still great in season one and are still great now, and those they're just tough for him. And like the yeah. same thing was with with Jack. Jack is more has always been a Gigas type character, where what keeps him competitive is not how powerful he is it's how easy he is mm. and once he was made like a bit less powerful people were like oh maybe he isn't actually worth using in tournament but then anakin is still doing super well with him he's still a super easy clearly quite clearly very viable tournament character um right. so i don't think i don't actually think like the the actual top level balance of this game has changed hugely for a lot of characters like i think I don't think there's many examples of people who were very good who are now not, with the possible exception of like, or, or people who weren't, who have suddenly, you know, become really, really good due to buffing. I think the only real example I can think of is Katarina. And even she's still, still all right. Um, yeah. the only character, she's the only character, I think, who has literally just been punted right the hell out of tournaments. And right. good riddance, frankly. I don't like her. <laughs> I just have to be a bit uh, rude, I guess. I, I got to leave in like five minutes, and we are at question one. So, uh, oh. apologies. <laughs> uh, it's just, I'll right, just try, fam- try and jump in right there with one important thing that I wanted to squeeze in here, because we seem to feel so differently about the balance. And you just talked about you know, how the, at the top level, the, it hasn't really changed that much. I think the whole point I was trying to make is that that's not where you should be looking because that's, like we said in the beginning, 0.000 something of the community. But, I mean, the people who are watching this podcast, the people who watch our videos on YouTube, those are the Tekken players out there in the world. And 
you, yeah. you you create a viable balanced environment for them then a, a great competitive scene is gonna gonna grow out of that but in, in terms of like what works when you just want to grind online i think the the balance is like i said earlier quite poor and i think it's gotten progressively worse because of uh not because of poor attempts at making a better balance environment but because uh the balance choices that have been made have been marketing decisions and not uh focused around creating a fair environment for competitive players and the second world tour is this big you know uh show that everybody watches it's this this uh uh, big like marketing aspect of the game right so of course what happens at the tour matters in the eyes of namco but our viewers sitting at home uh you know getting you know just suffering now because of leroy i mean they're owed an apology and a pretty big nerf in a week from now in my opinion i completely agree with you but i think they are actually they, they see that it's like Capo back one four in tag two drove me crazy, but Capos didn't win any big tournaments. It's, they weren't, uh, you know, overpowered or too much of a problem at the highest level. But at intermediate, you know, everyone online, complete fucking nightmare. And they exactly. removed that before. And then uh, Noctis season one, ora, mm-hmm. complete fucking nightmare. Didn't yeah. trouble pro players at all, but online, yeah. Jesus, you know, exactly, but they fixed yeah. it. Removed the tracking. So I think they are on the ball here, but maybe they could do more. We will see. Uh, they would care for that the majority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would care, take care of that. I'm pretty sure I, they will look for the 99% and not just only 0, 1.01% of competitive players. Yes. Because they are looking for the data and they collect the data from the online matches, from ranked and whatsoever and look for the community, what they are complaining about. And then they just balance it slowly, not uh, not totally from one point, but they will slowly, as you have seen, Geese and Akuma are also got nerfed slowly, but they are still really strong. And still yeah. many, uh, it became way more, even though it's, it's balanced, quite balanced now, it's more balanced that way. And, more people are switching for, to other characters, concerning to pick other characters since Geese got nerfed and they don't have their fun, but the loyal Geese players are still playing Geese at yeah. the end. I hope you're right, and uh, I'm going to like withhold judgment until the drops. If it's big enough, then I'm going to jump back on Namco's dick like the fucking Sibian on Howard Stern. Uh, but if it's not big enough, then yeah, they've, they've lost a lot of credibility in my eyes. Mm. Um, guys, can I ask how everyone is doing for time? All right. Uh, I've got one more hour. Okay. <laughs> I- I'm fucked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, apologies. Um, I-, I could only reserve two hours. Um, and it's too bad. It's always a pleasure. And uh, I'd love to see more of Dinosaur, Mihawk, and Sefi. Uh, frame whisper I can always do without <laughs> no but uh, always a pleasure um, so yeah I would have wanted to tackle Rangchu's tier list but uh, I guess I'm just going to have to say good luck to you guys sorting that out um, and yeah again like uh, uh, such an honor to talk to you guys always yeah, a pleasure man. great to talk to you again man. always a pleasure take care cheers buddy take it easy man
All right, now now we have <laughs> the layout is dinosaur centralized, and all four of us <laughs> kind of circling like like he's we're the just, sun. We're just gonna ask you questions, man. <laughs> All right, so this is the dinosaur solar system. Um, I guess let's move on <laughs> to... <Dino> show. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> the dino show. I'm going to have to go to bed pretty soon, though, guys, too. So do, do you want to keep going with the tier list, and then maybe I'll drop off when I get really hey, sleepy? Hey, Matt, as long as you can push through, it's always a pleasure to have you here, even if you All are right. a dickhead. But yeah, let's, let's carry on. <laughs> and uh, let's take a look at this. Let's, let's just take a look. I put it in the in the uh, PDF. So here we go. Um, so Leroy S plus, then uh, mm-hmm. 2D characters, Akuma Geese, Jin. I think that's interesting. You have the two most versatile characters in the game sandwiching the 2D characters, but Leroy is clearly the, the better one. Um, then Law, Steve. I, I mean, I personally think Law's a bit overrated, always been overrated. I think Dino agrees. Um, mm-hmm. Really? Okay. Yeah, well, I yeah. mean, that's, We'll, we'll get we'll get into that a bit later. I think the top ten is pretty solid, though. Um, I think the big outliers, as far as I'm concerned, is Lee at A plus. Um, what else? Uh, Miguel, I don't think it's a... at C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a weird one too. I like probably B at least. I mean, Bears at B, but then again, Sarangchu tier list. Um, like you know, Noctis, Bears, and Negan. Aren't better than Heihachi, I think. I mean, Negan. I don't know about Negan. Um, I mean, is he is he legit a good character in season three? Negan is good currently. Yeah, I would push him up. Yeah, I would push yeah, him. Up. I think he's also good. Okay, he's alright. Yeah. And the other thing that a lot of people um take contention with with Xiaoyu at C, but I mean, um, I know Dino certainly thinks she's always been very overrated in Tekken Seven. So you probably mm-hmm. think she's rightly placed there, right? Absolutely. Do you think it's because it's like a matchup thing? Like if you know how to play your character against her, then she becomes so much worse. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, Rank Rankchu is a he was a Zhao Yu main, was he not before he played Bears? Oh, really? So I think he he actually knows her. Yeah, so he's he's probably like he might be downplaying her a bit, but he actually like he puts he <clears> might <throat> like he actually put Bears pretty high, like yeah. higher than most people would. Mm. But yeah, I think it's it's. A, it's a matchup thing, and B, it's just that like she's surprisingly, yeah, I don't think she's very good at top level, mm. uh, because she has a sort of there's a sort of looping property with her. Like she has a bunch of properties which connect together in ways which make her like sort of somewhat more ineffective than you might think, in that she doesn't do very much damage in her with her neutral tools. If she sticks out buttons, um, they don't actually hit very hard and she doesn't cover distance very strongly she can't like close distance with a big dangerous button i always felt like she made up for a lot of her damage because she collects a lot of free stuff on the ground you know she hits with something and she gets those little granular hits that are guaranteed in in certain situations and she you know does her damage and then she adds 10 you know every time kind of yeah she has she has really good um okizame but she's um her like she doesn't really have safe knockdown moves uh, that she can use to get in. Most of her stuff is just like, um, you know, it, it, those safe knockdowns and stuff generally come from when she's already got in and she's setting up her offense. She's got both punches and down back one and stuff. But the thing is, yeah, so she has sort of weak 
slightly weak neutral and distance closing ability. Like her, her, her moves when she closed distance do not do damage. They do not hurt. And so if you're fighting her at this range, and both of you pressing buttons becomes more risky for Xiaoyu because it doesn't do a big damage if she closes distance. Like, as opposed to, say, like Jack is a classic example with Jack Hammer. He's just going to do this and does a lot of distance, does a lot of, does very good damage, sets up an okay guessing game afterwards after the uppercut. Xiaoyu doesn't have anything like that. Generally pretty weak damage. Then secondarily, um, her moves once she get in are not very like sticky. Um, a lot of the solution to Xiaoyu when she's in your face is just a backdash. If you just backdash, like if she does down forward one, down forward one is okay on block, but if you just backdash, you're back out again. It's very hard for her to stay on top of someone because a lot of her moves actually push back a reasonable amount. And she doesn't have great lows and throws like by any by the standards of this game. Um, except when she has rage. and then Yeah, except when yeah. she has rage, when she's very... But, um, so the problem is, is this tends to kind of loop is that she has weak neutral from the outside. She gets in. She does a couple of things. You backdash back out again. Her weak neutral rears its head again. She's constantly being forced to play at her weakest range. Yeah. And she can't, unless she has rage, it's sort of hard for her to break people down. So I think she is actually quite a weak character in this game. Like, in some ways, she is, despite the fact that she has tons of on paper buffs, in some ways, she is worse than, she is worse than Tekken Tag 2 Xiaoyu. Because Tekken Tag 2 Xiaoyu had unseeable back turn throws and synergized with the tag system very well. She could kill you off a single raw tag. She was very good at raw tagging because she could just raw tag AOP. Um, like she, she, she played well in the system. But Tekken, Tekken 7 Xiaoyu has been buffed in tons of ways, but somehow not necessarily in ones which matter all that much. So I think she, she definitely belongs like where rank she was put her. Hmm. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Guys, I really, I, I'm gonna have to sign off. So I just thought because I saw some people in the chat asking what I think about just my characters. Maybe I'll just comment on the few that I play mm. before mm. I go because that's the one thing I can contribute. But yeah, uh, Eliza, chat, chat, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Eliza and Miguel, I think, are bottom tier characters. I think Eliza is quite possibly the, the weakest character in the game, in my opinion. That's a controversial opinion, possibly, but I think she's complete trash, like incomplete, uh, broken. And her balance changes don't make sense. Miguel has so much potential, but it's like a range issue. We talked about that on one of the other podcasts. Um, Katarina should be lower. Uh, one of the lower two tiers. Um, and then I think Safina and Bob are placed perfectly. And I made like a video last week where I talked about why I'm trying to pick up Safina right now. I think it's because, in my opinion, we have huge balance issues with the game. And I think Safina is like balanced right in the middle in a really cool spot. And so if I'm going to complain about balance, then, you know, I should actually represent my opinion by playing what I consider to be balanced, you know, not play something at the bottom and keep complaining and not run to the high tiers and play Leroy. So um, I think Safina is like an example of a, of a character that I really like the balance design of. Uh, but the only thing I really change of, with rank choose tier list in terms of my own character, so I would play is Katarina lower. But apart from that, I think he, he got it pretty much spot on. Yeah, a few people think Safina. A few people think Safina's top five or top ten or like mm. a top tier. Character. I've seen like uh, Arslan started using her all of a sudden. A lot of other people started bringing her to tournament, and that was so interesting for me. 
Um, I don't know if it's like a response to Leroy and his presence now. I don't know if it's an Akuma thing where people are starting to discover the character. So it's actually a super interesting time because I'm watching watching Arsla now. I'm, tr- I'm trying to like understand why he's going to that character now. It's fascinating, but she she might have the potential of being much higher. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But my impression right now is she belongs in the middle. Right, Arsla put her at top in top five, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. It's going to be. I mean, if she's on the tournament circuit uh, after a couple of Leroy nerfs next year, then I'm going to be watching a lot more. Mm. Movement is obviously crazy with her, which is fun because yeah, yeah. it reward it rewards you know. Right. Um, unlike Leroy, where you just stand still and do orbitals, you know. Which is funny if you yeah. think about it, because Athena's movement is more or less just old tag two movement. Yeah. yeah, it's not super, super duper crazy movement. It's just the old movement that got nerfed within the new game that we got, and so yeah. people think like she's some type of goddess, even though she actually just has legit old Tekken movement. And yeah, people that started with this game now can can feel like what it's like to have actual sidestep and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy how many things I find myself stepping specifically. Um, more so than the the backdash is crazy too, but her whiff punishment isn't that crazy, so she doesn't capitalize. But way after the sidestep, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not sure if I see the the Zafina being a super good thing. Uh, Arslan, the interesting thing Arslan said is that he said that she thought she was really hard to play, which is bizarre to me, because I mean uh, it's very it's probable that he just knows the character and I don't. But yeah. like the 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 core of Zavina to me just seems to be like you just run around for a bit and then you do down forward one or down and three. Like the main thing which makes her good is down and three. Uh, it's a high crushing plus four low that tracks to one side and is only yeah. a weird minus thirteen on block. And then it's you know she's fully crouched, but she's in yeah. a crouching stance, and so highs will miss her, and a lot of frankly a lot of mids will miss her. Yeah. Um, and it, it count hit launches. It's one of the best lows in the game. Yeah, and, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and and but that, how fast I, is I down three? Do you know that? It's quite slow. It's pretty slow. Uh, uh, let's double check. I'm not going to speak out of turn here. Let's uh, just check it. Shout out to because you, you don't. Arsla, 20, 22, 22 frames. 22, okay. Yeah, so it's risky offline, but uh, yeah. but then you know you have uh, her, she has a, a bunch of good lows that are kind of risky. Back one plus two is crazy. <laughs> goes under mids. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, if you want to have like, I think it might be one of the best round enders in the game because it's fast. It just darts in from you know half screen and it goes under mid. So like. If you're at the end of the round and you're trying to keep somebody who's going to try and cheese you with a low out when they want to take the run, what you do is you do a lot of down for the one, you know, you keep them honest with something uh, mid. But if they're going to go under that with the back one plus two, you know, you basically have to hard read and block it and, and get launched, which is uh, rare when you can mix up the timing and do it out of a sidestep and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's like uh, That's the thing. So I don't really know what Zafina has that is good apart from down and three. Uh, and uh, kind of down forward one to an extent, like because yeah. uh, I mean, this is Mindy. Like, like I said, it's one of those things I probably just don't understand, like the character. But she has crazy movement, 
But like Elisa also has crazy movement, but Elisa is also a good character. Like Elisa has tons of like really objectively good moves. Like um she covers distance really well. Um she pokes pretty well up close. Like she just hit, I like, think it could she's be the a... homing properties and the gap closers. Her gap closers are pretty insane. The Ford Ford Four is a homing move uh closest to gap and it has like ghost range, you know, she moves forward but then the foot keeps going, so it's it's deceptive. The Ford Ford Two yeah. Fast counter hit launch, uh, seventy five damage on the counter hit with the homing property, uh, and then Ford Ford one uh, three plus four only really good oh, if the yeah. opponent doesn't know what to do. But you have the option of cheesing with Mantis or staying out by holding back. So I think going in, she's super powerful, and because the movement is good, she creates space and then she capitalizes on that. But uh, yeah, and down Ford three four for the whiff punish. I, th- I can I I can see the argument of her being. She feels out of all the characters I play reasonably well she feels probably the most powerful to me right now i mean the question is is she top five or did arslan make her top five well we will have to wait and see i mean the pakistani guys made akuma top one mm-hmm. i mean they've got the magic touch yeah yeah right, guys I i'm mean, gonna uh, sign out uh, this has been a, a pleasure uh as always thank the- you and I've been yeah. shout out to the it chat. Nice to meet you. It was always yeah, it was really nice, guys. Um, and I'll see you in the next one. But I gotta go make some calls and then hit the sack. Cheers, man. It's always great to have you. Have a good, good night. night. Same. Right. Bye bye. Bye. Love you, chat. <laughs> All right. So and then it was four. So the Swedes, the Swedes <laughs> have left two two Germans, <laughs> two Brits. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So um. Okay. I guess let's 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 continue with 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 the tier list. I mean, are there any other contention? I mean, Lee, he's really high. I mean, there's any mm. that, that, that struck me as pretty weird. I mean, we we kind of notoriously put him at S tier for season two, and we're still getting shit for that. Um, <laughs> but sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, I mean, where would you put Lee? I mean, he's always been kind of a mid tierish kind of character. I mean, he's he's a lead, right? He's, Never been particularly great. Never been particularly terrible. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he would put he'd be somewhere in he'd be somewhere in A or B. I think um, probably I would probably put him in B. Um, I think he's uh, like this is the thing. I don't think there's a I don't think the tier lists in this game matter all that much. Mm. Um, uh, they're just. Like, like I said, I think I think ease of use is uh, generally more important, with a few exceptions like Gigas, than uh, like how good you actually like fully are on paper. So he's yeah, I, I definitely think like this. He's definitely not better than Brian. Let's, yeah. let's, like I think Brian is the other uh, one of the other characters who is, who is much too low on this. List. Yeah, really, really low. I mean. Um, the- Let's just take a look. He put Brian in. Uh, I put it on the screen. He put Brian, like yeah, in B tier, right next to Noctis, which I found a bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in general, I think. Um, I mean, this is the thing: is that this is a, a lot of this looks like a combination of like tournament results, but also ease of use tier list. And mm. I think that's why Heihachi is so low. I think Rangchu is not like someone who likes or plays high execution characters mm. and so like he's really like he's like i don't this stuff's hard 
And he's just put like <laughs> Brian and he's just really put them like a long way down. Like there is like Heihachi worse than Noctis? Worse than Ganryu? Yeah. yeah. Like I'm just not sure if I like this is Heihachi as good as Lily? Like he is definitely and Gigas? I think he is definitely better than those characters. Mm. Um I might say I, I would probably like maybe I think I would take Dragon off out of the S tier. I don't think he's that good in this season, mm. I'm gonna oh, say yeah. it. Uh I don't know if Mihawk agrees. But I agree. again, I think he has he has a bunch of hard matchups. They've specifically made some of his easier upper level matchups harder. Like they specifically designed this game so that the so that the Brian Dragonoff matchup would be easier. Mm. They because all they did was they, they gave him a 13 frame full crouch launcher, uh, uh, full crouch punisher. Mm. They gave Brian, they buffed Brian's down four, which is the low you use all the time against Dragonoff mm. because he can't 12 frame punish it. And they made Dragonoff's while standing both punches barge less punishable by frames, but closer on block so that Brian can jet up right now. Like mm. it's like they designed those characters just, just going like, I want Brian to be able to beat up on Dragonoff more often. Because that was one of Brian's more challenging matchups. But I think in general, yeah, he has hard matchups and people who were like, um, oh my god, just running two is plus six now. Running two is so linear now. Mm-hmm. Um it's like uh, there's so many like he has a tough like he has tough matchups, I think, against I don't think he's great against Geese. I don't think he's great against Kuma. I don't think he's Particularly a good matchup against many characters uh, in the top of the tier list. Yeah, but it's specifically Law and Steve, I think, and Kazumi are all are all really tough. Every character pretty much is a struggle for Dragonoff because Dragonoff initially, if you want to apply pressure with him, you have to use the running two or the down two. Um, now, as you said, a lot of characters got very new, decent 13 frame punishers, just like Brian. So that's a that's a risk in itself using that move against Brian more often now. Um, his the tracking of wide running two is nowadays more of a meme than an actual thing. It's very easy to step as compared to what it used to be like in season one. Um, then a lot of things. A lot of people that don't play Dragonoff actually don't know how much or how less of tracking he actually has. Uh, most of the things that Dragonoff players actually use, you can up close, you can easily sidestep to the right. His down forward one whiffs, his jabs whiff, uh, his down forward two whiffs, his back two whiffs, his down back two whiffs, the down two uh, hits you because it, it, uh, it's a low, obviously. A homing will hit you, but by doing a proper... Um, sidewalk or a sidestep and then duck, you will beat most of the options that um, Dragonoff will offer you up on close range. And this is why it's a very it's a very tough approach to opponents that are very knowledgeable against this character. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, characters that have very good counter tools such as Steve, Law, Kazumi, insert any character with a magic four. Just give him a hard time. Yeah. I think it's specifically, yeah. yeah, if you like specifically characters with a magic four or something like a magic four and a really a, a powerful punisher from full, from full crouch because you just like this is like the first time I saw um it was uh I went when I went to uh, 
we might have all like all of us uh like i know i know Sefi was there when i went to the ultimate tournament uh where malgu and sunship mm-hmm. were and uh there was uh they there was malgu versus nobi and that matchup was hard for nobi you could tell and it still is because uh law versus dragonov because he just did he just did four or jabs and dragonov was like well i can't fight these yeah and then he goes he goes for the low chop and he got while standing one toed and that mm-hmm. dynamic has changed like you, that dynamic is the same with uh like kazumi steve they all hit hard on down two and they all just do standing four if he does a high or a mid um mm-hmm. so so yeah i think his his matchups keep him out of um keep him out of top tier and that might be controversial and i think that again nerfing dragon they nerfed dragon off a bit in season in you know in the the post season three patch, um, and I think this is an example of listening to the community, and the community not really knowing what they were talking about. Uh, this is another example of like because there could ever, tons of people just like oh yeah he's the best character in the game he might be better than Akuma now, and mm-hmm. he's just gonna dominate everything. And then like you just played against the character and you're like, but he's so linear like he's and yeah even if he, even when he wasn't these were tough like it was it was. Uh, but you know he's got nerfed. He might get nerfed again. Who knows? But he's like, again, like a a, a risk of like groupthink. People th- people saying, "Oh, this character's too much." He's like plus six, so good. Um, and but he's he's just not that good. He's just he's just fine. He's good. He's like a he's just a good character. He's just that's it. He's not. He's certainly not like broken. And I I would say yeah, not even not not top tier anymore. Mm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go back to the list. So what? Uh, Leroy, Akuma, Geese, Geese. Now, Geese, when season three first came out, we thought he might, you know, so many changes to the frames on, you know, down forward one, down forward two. Um, a lot of the frame, a lot of added frames. But then they gave him the craziest comeback potential in the game, uh, with the new move and with the um scaling on the deadly rave. So you get 25 points all the time, which if you tack that yeah. onto the end of a combo, yeah, it gives him, the, you know, the, bar none, um, the most uh, powerful comeback potential in the game. It's, so, it's, not, it's, not 25%, it's not 25 points all the time. That's the really? crazy thing about yeah. it. No. It's got, it's got rage art scaling on it as well. Hmm. It's, it's only got, and it's only 25. got rage charts. It's at least twenty-five. If you have one <laughs> pixel, if you if you have one pixel of life left, if Geese has one pixel of life left and he does it, that final chunk is doing thirty-seven. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, do you think he's? I mean, Rangshu put him, you know, top three. I mean, do you agree? I still think he has the best, uh, really good uh, fundamental tools. Like his down forward one, even though it got nerfed, it's still good. Like his down forward two, his homing move is still useful. Counter launchers, screws on the wall. Um, besides from that, his uh, back three two, you don't see that often anymore since he's got a two forward one. If he goes into the meter, if he's using meter. He still yeah. gets from two forward one a normal hit launcher. So this is really strong. And most people 
using two forward one instead of back three two as a with punisher, for example, or as a tool to uh, launch the opponent. So he's still really strong with his tools. And yeah. his, even though his meta got nerfed, yeah. he still um, is okay or till good with his fundamental tools. His jabs are still one of the best jabs in yep. the game. Like his down four still tricks pretty well, fast countered launcher does decent damage, and yeah, I think he's still really strong. But he doesn't, he can't use his, um, he can't waste his meter yeah. as before. That's he needs thing, to right? be way more patient. He's way more difficult to play, but still, if you le- knew, know how to play with him, he's really strong. Yeah, they really mm. destroyed his meter gain for season three, especially for when he's when he's taking damage. And you know, we were, we were thinking like season three geese is he still a threat? You know, is he still a top level threat? But yeah, you know, the, the the results definitely show that he is. I mean, yeah. you know, um, Chikorin and TWT, of course, he mostly used geese. I mean, uh, Akuma for specifically for all sand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, basically geese. Cool. T- yeah, yeah, geese basically yeah. on TWT. Um, I wanted to ask you about. Uh, you said that law is over, not you, seems yeah, overrated. Be, I mean, I yeah. think Dino and I both agree on, on the reasoning for law being yeah, overrated. Can you explain that, please? I don't. Uh, I have another opinion, but I want to know your opinion about that. I, I, let's compare Shaheen and, and Law. I mean, so Shaheen is what placed an A plus. Law is placed an S. I mean. You see a lot more Shaheen in tournaments, and he generally does a lot better than Law. Mm-hmm. And um, on paper, Law is better than Shaheen in every way imaginable. But Shaheen is much easier to play, and he has long limbs, whereas Law has short, stubby limbs. And particularly, his down forward one range isn't as good as Shaheen's. So mm-hmm. Shaheen having stronger fundamentals and being easier to play counts for a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dino, is that basically? Yeah. yeah, I think there's one there's one area where Shaheen is definitely better than Law, and that is uh, high crush. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no, just in in general. So, um, of the three, you know, of the three Law characters, um, so there's you know there's real Law, flamboyant Law, and uh, Arabic Law. Um, <laughs> the like, um, they 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 they're all like strong at different things. Like yeah. flamboyant law has the um, strongest high crush. He has down three. Um, uh, Arabic law has the second strongest high crush with down three, um, and uh, real law has terrible high crush. Mm. So, like you can see, this is why, like, knee will counter. I think this is why knee will counterpick Steve with law. I mean, sorry, Law with Steve. He will always play Steve against Law players, which a lot of people thought was like a decent matchup for Law. Because, you know, he can launch Punish Duck 2, he's got Magic 4, he's got Punch Parry, blah, 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 all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's not. Because like when it comes down to being a very, very patient match, um, Law, the match becomes like, Steve is just going to do like jabs while standing one, back one, instant flicker, instant peekaboo stuff. This kind of mm. thing, mm. but when Steve wants to mix Law up, he can he can poke with down two and instant peekaboo down one, and not risk getting magic forward. Mm. So he can always slightly edge the life lead. Law cannot do this. Law does not have 
a good high crush move to attack with. So like when we saw in versus fighting low high, he played law against knee Steve and he just got destroyed. He just couldn't win ever. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get in. He switched to Shaheen and he did way, way better. And he, he very nearly won. Like it came down to the one, last, last button that they, they fought because he was able to open knee up with down and three because he, and back one became not just to count it. You know, he, he couldn't just back one him out of all offense when he came in. So I think law has struggles against a lot of the top tier characters for this reason. I think also he doesn't, he does a lot of damage on the wall, but I don't think his mix-ups afterwards are very scary. Like with reg- as far as um, like many other characters go, I think he's actually weak. One of the weaker characters in terms of his wall game. Um, like again, Steve is way more scary. Like you take a big damage combo against Steve, and you're also guessing for your life against Law. You take a big damage combo, and then you you take a down back three and you run away. It's much more easy to play a patient conservative game against Law, and it is. I also don't think Law is very good against like strong. I just don't think he has. His benefit is that he has no terrible matchups. He has no. He has no one that he's super bad at against. I don't think. I don't think he has any. I don't think he has many characters. I think he's actually super good against. Mm-hmm. I think okay. he's just. He's just like. Just okay. Uh, just does does well against. Can't really snowball rounds particularly well. You know he's. So if you play against Triton, for example, Sethi, like you can have very, very slow-paced matchups because Law cannot really snowball a match in the same way that, like, say, even characters like Brian can. Brian mm-hmm. can... He t- does big damage, big wall combos, huge damage mix-ups, like, very scary. Um, and I don't think Law is the same as that. You can play... You can play the slowest pace you want against him, and it's not... Uh, it, it's... It doesn't like he can't overwhelm you that much, so I think he's he's like again he's good like I think, but I think there's lots of good characters. But I don't think his tournament results are very like I don't think his tournament results re- rep- reflect a particularly like devastating character. There's one guy who does really well with him, and everyone else tries to play him and then goes back to Shaheen like Gen and AK and Lohai. And they're all just like oh am I going to play Lohai? No. They might play law for like maybe against Raven or something because they want to just both kick things. Mm. But I think so. Yeah, I think he's just in the end he's just like a a good character. He just um, I mean he does have sorry he does have good matchups. He has good matchups against Dragonoff and Jin and so on. But mm. um, but uh, I don't think he's like, against the against Akuma and Steve. I think who probably in my opinion I think Akuma, Steve, and probably Leroy. Are the best characters in the game, uh, and I don't think he does particularly well against them or against like a lot of the other characters. I don't think he's particularly great against King. Yeah, well, that's my reasoning. Mm. Interesting, really interesting facts that you or yeah points that you mentioned about that because I think Law has got everything since you said he doesn't have a high crush. Actually, he got down one as a high crush too. If you want to mention that, so this is a. Not the best one, but he yeah. has this option to yeah. evade these moves. Like, but he's got good counter tools, like his four, his three, and so on. Uh, good counter tools. His four, one plus two, can be used to open up the opponent slowly, like four, one plus two, 
account hit, launch hit, last on block, uh, quite fast with 20 frames, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and the opponent is close to you, so he doesn't, uh, you don't give him much space, which is important for law. He has an excellent whiff punisher. Like 3 plus 4 is to one of the best whiff punishers, in my opinion, in the game. 14 frame fast, has a really good range. So, and uh, his slow pokes are decent, like down back free. It tracks pretty well, it's fast, uh, gives you quite frame advantage. Yeah, cr- uh, crushes the opponent, exactly. His counter tools, like 1, 2, 3, if you are, um, if the opponent's on the wall, you can just throw it out without being scared to maybe to get a, a wall spread move compared to Dragonos 1, 2, 1, for example. You don't need to confirm it. You just throw it out and it's just minus five. Like you can build, even if you're minus nine, it's not that much. You can still contain a pressure the opponent if you like to, to. But you don't need to. You can also move and just bait for another attack. And he's down for one compared to Shaheen. Okay, I understand. It doesn't track well, but still the properties are still really good. And the recovery is also decent. Like, if you even, you still need to dash in to make moves, uh, that um, to dash in makes, uh, gives the effect that your moves are tracking better. So you still need to use it anyway, even though you're using it, Shaheen, Miguel, or whatever character. You still need to dash in to make these moves uh, that they track. So besides from that, his homing move is really good. Like, 14 frame homing. Decent range, still strong. And um, his ascending punishers are really great, 15 frames, uh, 13. And leads you to a lot of possibilities. And this makes him overall great character, I think. So, of course, I know what you mean. With, uh, on the wall, it's not that scary because uh, Steve is more scary, true. But still, he can chip the damage. And if with down back three, for example, or yeah, down back three, and then if your opponent doing one mistake, he can easily do wall spread. So he has an answer to everything. He likes on range, that's true. Uh, his range is not the best, or so he's considered to be a smaller character, smaller than Shaheen. But his his tools are still really good to close up the. The gap, like you can be really fast on close range with law, and on close range you still got the slide to uh, scare the opponent. Like I think he's really strong. Mm. Yeah, I, I think he's he's strong. I just think there are like like there are many like there are many strong characters in the game. I don't think he I don't think he stands out to me um, mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, like yeah. for how good he is, I think I remember like when they asked Arslan who the um, Pakistani sort was top tier back in season two, and mm-hmm. he just didn't say, and he just didn't mention law. And everyone was like, mm-hmm. didn't mention law, mm-hmm. and like, and he was he he put Akuma as top tier, and people were like Akuma over law, and like in mm-hmm. the end he was totally right. He was like yeah. that character's seen way more. Uh, but yeah, I think like I would also like I, I the Pakistani players you know they they're very you know they're clearly very cheap and they know what is uh they're they're, they're good at like picking uh pretty cheap characters and mm. they 
they never seem to really like law that much. Uh, it might just be because you know, and I think, yeah, he's um, he's like I said, he's good. Like you, if you if you're a law player and you should win, and and you are playing someone who is worse than who is, you should beat people that you're better than, and mm -hmm. you should you know you're gonna lose to people that you're worse than most of the time. Like mm -hmm. this is he's a he can beat everyone. He can, but he he can also lose to like lots of other characters. I think he can. He's like not great against. Weirdly enough, he's like not great against Huarang, which is strange. Um, okay. And yeah. I don't know why, but it's just not a hard matchup. It's one of those strange ones. I mean, not a, like it doesn't feel like a, a tough matchup. Um, maybe because he can't just he can't beat his his neutral doesn't have the range to oppress Huarang. I'm not sure why, yeah. but every time I've played it, and when I've seen people playing Huarang versus Law in the UK, it's it's pretty even. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean he's a he's a good character. Like, I'm, I'm not saying like, but there's lots of characters I think are around as good as him. I don't think there's a big difference. I don't think there's any real difference between mm. S and A plus S and A plus in this tier list in rank choose one. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I see. I mean, interesting. The standout thing about Law is is his three plus four, right? It's almost unquestionably the best fourteen frame punish in the game. You know, any debates about that? I mean, if there was one thing that really stands out about Law in Tekken 7, it's just 3 plus 4, right? Uh, mm -hmm. That thing that he missed in the previous Tekken, like in Tekken 6, he had had that. In Tekken Tech 2 as well. So his 3 plus 4 is a exceptional, good add addition in Tekken 7 that he hadn't had before. Like a good, long Wolf, wolf Punisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean it's a yeah. I think it is good. Um, yeah, it's obviously incredibly good. Uh, but it, it's it's also worth noting that like it doesn't really synergize with a lot of wall combos very well. Like it's hard to um, it's hard to convert both like that that move into Law's wall combo a lot of times mm -hmm. due to the way that he has to wall carry from it mm -hmm. um, and get like and because it has an early screw. Uh, like the the damage is not the highest, but right. yeah, it's still the right. best. It's still the best fourteen frame in the game. It's not. It's just not the most damaging one, but it's still like sure. you can punish a Hachi's forward will do with it almost every time. Like that's that's all you need. Mm. They they even increase the range on it in season two, I think, which is yeah, mm. which is why for yeah, a time he could. Yes, yes. I mean that's why for a time he could get a full combo off of Dragon Tail. I remember everyone was mm. flipping their shit. Over that for a while, and they reverted. Ah, true. I remember. And yeah, it was a yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. A very, a very short-lived thing. Um, mm, I mean, I mean, true. looking at Rangchu's tier list. I mean, I think I first think Elisa's top ten, but I mean, you know, he put her in A plus. Still very strong. King, maybe. I mean, King seems very, very strong, but again, he's in A plus. Um, I would switch Elisa with Dragonoff. I think. Yeah. If any. Yes, I agree. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, Elisa Dragonoff sounds about right. Um, Marduk, very strong tournament character. I think he can just kind of decimate you off a few correct guesses. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, he's really threatening. Very explosive. Once he yeah. has the momentum, very exactly. very explosive. That's always been Marduk, though. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't uh, that poke? He isn't the poke heavy character, but character who, if he gets a counter launch or a launch, he will annoy you. Yeah. You can't, yeah, and you, yeah, it's, he can turn around the matchup so easily. 
I think of A, the only characters which jump out to me are Ganryu and Horang. I'm not sure if they belong with characters like Devil Jin and Claudio and Raven and Marduk. I don't think these two are as good as him um, as those guys. Uh, I don't. I haven't played against Ganryu in Tekken Seven, but he looks he looks too similar to um, Tekken Tag Two Ganryu for me to think that he's particularly good. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I think that he has is uh, particularly good is his Rage Drive, which is very good. Um, I... But but yeah. Um, and but his rage just... drive is kind of uh, seeable or not? Is it? I can't. Yeah. It doesn't look seeable at all to me. But like maybe, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, mm. I haven't. Like I said, I haven't really played against him much. Um, mm, it looks. Yeah. Um, Since it's twenty-three, twenty-four frames. If you are waiting mm. for that, you can react with the blue flash as well. I mean, I. Yeah, yeah I haven't played. Like this gives you additional effect to react on. He's, this move, like there was flash, and then the low is obvious that it's coming. So, yeah. One thing that kind of st- stuck out to me on Rangju's tier list is that if he has like um, Devil Jin in A, and Kazuya in B, and Heihachi in C, and if you want to include him, Jin in S. And to me, the Bashima seem really close together in season three, closer than they've ever been. I don't think. I kind of clump them together when I consider. I think Kazuya's possibly the best Mishima now by a small margin, um, mm. but I, I just don't see why he'd put them so far apart on the tier list. Mm. That's a good question, though. Yeah, um, I think they. Yeah, I mean, I think Heihachi is just misplaced. He's just too mm. low, um, but. I think Why I would see, you consider like, him to play Heihachi? I think I would put him in A. Maybe I would maybe even put him in A plus. But again, he has the um, he has a bit of the dragon off problem in that some of his matchups are are not very good. I don't mm. think he's very good against Steve and Law specifically uh, mm. because uh, they have much better poking than him and they have mm. consistent punishment on his. Uh, Ford Ford 2. Mm. Um, but they can... also have way better lows than Hatch. Yeah. Hatch is the worst lows, probably the worst lows in the game. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's always had the worst lows in the game, though. I mean, True. he's always had bad lows. So I think it's okay. Like, I think he can be good without great lows because um, mm. he has been. He was he was the second best character in, in DR. Mm. Um, and he, his lows were even worse in that game. Um, mm. and so I think it is possible. Like, I think if you play him well with strong neutral, I don't think he needs big lows. And he still has unreactable full crouch down forward four, and uh, he still has single hell sweep if you really want to risk it. I think he's just, um, I think he's just, he's just very, very hard to play. He's very hard to play at top level. Uh, we were just talking about Heihachi Mihawk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I was at the yeah. bathroom. So. No worries. What, what do you What's think of? Uh, well, we're talking about Heihachi, your character, actually, and um, well, Dino thinks yeah. he's very low placed. You said you'd put him in A plus. Uh, yeah, I think I put him around A A plus. I don't know either one of those, but I think he's very good. He's just he's. I think he might be the hardest character in the game to play at top level. Um, so A plus would make him better than Devil Jin and Kazuya. You think? Uh huh. Yeah, I think that's okay. 
He has a downfold one. Uh, I, I think downfold ones are useful. He has the best downfold one out of out of all of them. Um, I think mm. like he doesn't have the comeback potential that they do. Like he can't. He has to be like like law. He has to control the space, the pace of a match very strongly, mm. um, because he can't he can't win. It's it's harder for him to come back if the other person just keep gets a life lead and keeps him out. Mm. But I think his downfall one and one back two are, and I think he controls space the best out of all of them. I think he's always been a tough head to head matchup for Kazuya for that reason. He can just downfall one him to death, um, mm. and. But yeah, so I think I, I think I still think he's he's one of the worst characters in the game to try and play in a tournament because he's so difficult. He's just mm-hmm. you need to be crouch cancel electric things. Uh you need to have extremely good uh you need to force you need to you need to play him as a timing character. He is only a timing character. Like almost pretty much. It's just like if the other person's gonna block, you you cannot mix them up with mids you just a lot of the time you need to just um force them into the wall with wave dash and forward and four and stuff and then uh and then like get them from there with like maybe full crouch down forward four or single hell sweep um Mm -hmm. but yeah so i think he has a he has he's definitely much he's the least he's the least explosive like comeback mishima but i think he has the strongest um I think I still think he's he's really good. It's just tough matchups and 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 super hard, super hard. Yeah. So my opinion is Heachi is not a bad character per se, but I think compared to the other Mishimas, he's the worst for numbers of reasons. Um, of course, he has the best downfall one. I mean, his downfall one, thirteen frames minus one is plus 9 to plus 10 on hit. Sometimes it's plus 10, so you get a guaranteed 1-1-2 on yeah. hit. Pretty crazy. Um, but if... Mm, the issue is that a lot of his things are... How should I put it? Um, he doesn't have... like Up close, you can... Since we're talking about high level in tournaments and stuff, you can select... You can option select a lot of things that Heihachi has by doing sidestep blocks or sidewalks. There is no real big threat. He has the he has the low health sweep, the single one, which is plus five one hit, which is really good, which opens up to a lot of mix-ups. Uh, he has the one back two. And what I like about Heihachi in that sense is that a lot of moves that he has on itself are really good because it opens it opens you up for a lot of mind games with the opponent. You can play a lot of mind games. You can do a lot of down forward ones. And then the moment he presses, you can do a sidestep electric, you can do backdash electric. You can do all of that. Um, doing that is really difficult since I main Heihachi. Uh, it's really tough to find the sweet spot between not overextending and or between extending, overextending, and finding the right time to punish someone. Um, on top of that, him having only having down four as a really like solid uh, viable low next to right next to single health sweep is an issue I think because other than that every single low that Heiachi has is launch punishable his down back three is like minus 17 even though you've got to use it sometimes um, his down back two is a reactable low that is 23 frames quick um, launch punishable 
Um, Health Sweep, if you block it as well, it's uh, launch. I mean, it launches on counter hit, but it doesn't do as much as as far as it only gives frame advantage. And mm-hmm. for other missionas, yeah. they get they get a lot of, especially especially like compared to Kazuya in this game, where like he knocks you down and puts you into a vortex. Uh, does does health sweep dashes up? Does another health sweep? Does forward forward forward? It can mix you up really well. With double gen, you get a full combo. With Heihachi, you don't. Uh, essentially have the need to duck a lot against him just because there is no big no real big threat to duck against him therefore his forward four which uh on ground um grounded gives a guarantee down forward one two isn't that big of a threat uh besides that you can walk it you can stay out of range uh his down forward one doesn't have as much range as people make it out to be um down forward one into down forward one you can easily backdash with Heiachi. you can step it a lot of things where where people do like a plus move into a down forward one, you can just backdash. So um, I don't know. I I dis, uh, I agree to an extent that I don't think Heihachi is a bad character, but I don't think I personally don't think he's a plus, and I don't think he's the best Mishima. He's very very good at pressuring the opponent, and according to the, the frames and stuff that he has, he's really good at controlling the neutral as well, but actually getting damage with him is tough i think because once you have the launcher you have a lot of damage but opening up the opponent is way way harder with heihachi compared to kazuya and devil jin which mm-hmm. is why i think um it's tough with this character to first of all play and then furthermore to win properly um so yeah yeah, yeah. that's fair enough and also i want to mention also i want to mention that i think um, the Tekken 7 system is not good for Heiachi. I think the bounce system was much better because uh, the bounce system gave him better combos. Uh, the wall carry was better. In this game, his wall carry really sucks. I think back forward 2-1 is pretty much the only thing that you can do with him. His low parry combos suck compared to other characters, whereas other characters can easily take it to the wall or just do a shit ton of damage, whereas Heiachi can't really do that. And a lot of things that he kind of where where I was looking forward to his wild sending punisher is not good as well. Um, they gave him a new wild sending punisher that is 18 frames quick or slow, how many? No matter how you want to word it, minus 14 on block. Every wild sending punisher that he has is launch punishable. Wild sending four four is launch punish. Wild sending one for Brian is launch punish. Wild sending three one plus two is launch punish for for uh, Brian. So I just think that it's. A lot of commitment with Heihachi, and it's a lot of risks that you have to take with the character. You have to be 100% sure that the things you're going to do are going to hit. Otherwise, you're either going to hit a lot of damage, or you're just not going to do anything. And this is why I don't. This is why I think a lot of people don't really pick the character a lot. Me included in tournaments. I think I've, I've tried it a lot of times, and I found myself struggling with the character in tournaments. Whereas when I picked Dragonov, I was doing much much better. Just because the barrier is not there as much, and I think um, Heihachi overall, uh, or the the tag system fit him better than the Tekken Seven uh, screw system. So I think mm-hmm. even though he's a good character, I personally believe that uh, Kazuya and Devilgen are better as Mishimas. That's what I personally think. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's as I said, I think he's he's. 
he's the hardest Mishima to play, definitely, I think. I mean, he's the easiest at low level, but I think he's the hardest at, I think he's the hardest at top level. Because you mm. can't just sweep, you can't just sweep people to, you know, it's very hard to, to mix people up with correctly um, mm. with him in any significant way. So I think he is, he is very, like we talked about how Tekken is a timing game. I think because Eihachi is the hardest Mishima to sidestep, and he has the safest pokes. He has forward one, back two, down forward, and down forward one, and back four, mm. and this stuff. I think he's the hardest to move against, but he's mm. also the easiest to just block against. So you really have to, you really have to oppress people's timing to win with him. And it's very hard to play a timing game in tournament. I think it's very, set. very, very hard. Yeah, because mm. you, it's it's one thing to fifty-fifty people in tournament, like go low or high, and then figure out how they respond in that way. To learn someone's timing in tournament is almost impossible. You have very few exchanges to do it in. Um, so yeah, I think whatever, what it, like, it almost doesn't matter if it, like how, because like I said, I think I think difficulty probably in the practical terms, difficulty matters more more than how good you actually are. And Ahachi's difficulty is so high that he's you know he's he's just not a practical tournament pick. For mm. almost anyone, I think unless JDCR played him all the time, I think would be the only uh, like. Seriously, I don't think JDCR would win a, a world stack class tournament with Heihachi. I don't think he would, with with the issues that Heihachi has, as opposed to Double Gen and Kazuya. I don't think he would win a world stack class tournament with Heihachi. Even though I would love to see it, but realistically, I don't think that's gonna happen. My I, think, I don't know. I, I think he could do. It. Yeah, I think he probably. I think he could. I think he was. He was always good against characters like um, Law and Steve and so on. Like against the kind of, because I think the advantage of him is that he plays a very very different game to almost anyone else. Like with his timing and his and his whiff punishment, he's a very you know he's a very very unique uh, machima in how he plays. But mm. I think like because he's been playing Dragon Off and stuff, I don't think. I don't think his dragon off is. I don't think his dragon off is like expressive of. Uh, I don't think his dragon off is very different from other dragon offs in the way that his Heihachi is different from other Heihachis. Like mm. his dragon off is just a good. It's just a very good dragon off. His Heihachi is completely different to anyone else's. Like completely different. No one mm. else can whiff punish or like play like he can. Mm. So I would. I would still be interested to see it. But like I said, it's. A huge amount of a huge amount of effort to play Hihachi. I don't think anyone should downplay that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Not- Apart from online, obviously, where you're just going to do down back two and forward forward two, and <laughs> shit. like, but uh, like at certain at certain levels. But um, uh, there's yeah. a big difference between online and yeah, offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, mm. All right. I mean, are there, are there any other? contentious picks in this tier list. I mean, for me, I've always... One thing I want to talk about, maybe if you guys have time, is, is Negan, because a lot of people think he's really good in Season 3, and I don't see it. I mean... So, it's I mean, just alright. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you can say, compared to the previous season, his downback 2 is less punishable. Like, it's just minus 14. Right, right. For example, now he's got from his Intimid uh, from his stance uh, low so he yep. can mix up the things he's got a normal hit power crush homing launcher from his stance 
which is also a good thing. Um, his while standing punishes became better, better like his 12 frame while standing one oh, two. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a lot it's of stuff. like 32 damage, and he goes into the intermediate in his stance. Mm. He's he can go into his stance after his one two, yeah, which yeah. is also really impressive. Like if imagine Miguel he can go to, can you Sa- go one two into stance? Yeah, would be crazy. It would yeah. do such a big difference. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he got like that, and uh, yeah, his his damage is decent. His movement is awesome as a male character. His movement is one of the best. Mm-hmm. His sidestep is really good. His uh, yeah, this makes him a really good character compared to season two. I think he just got really good overall buffs that were he was struggling before. Uh, like as you said, very good while sending punishment now. Um, more moves that transition into stance, a very good uh, low stand, uh, a very good low out of his uh, what, what's the stance called? Intermediation stance again. Intimidation. Then he has his down back two got buffed. It's now minus 14 only. 14, yeah. Yeah, now it's only minus 14, even though it's still a C below, but still can throw it out here and there. Um, yeah, and then just certain certain property changes where like certain things just now naturally launch and stuff, and um, just overall a really good fundamental basic character that has a lot of good plus frames uh, on him, and that just does really well overall. I think um, not as good as the upper tier characters, but still is in a much better spot compared to what he used to be. I mean, wasn't, yeah. track, wasn't tracking always his issue and his ability to approach? And what? Okay, yeah. so um, his ability to approach uh, is sort of four four two, right? Four four both punches. Yeah, uh, mm. it's now normal hit launcher, pretty hard yeah. to sidestep. Right. Um, his tracking is okay. Like, yeah. it's just like the main things are still that he's an up close poking character without a magic four or anything like that. Right. Doesn't have a magic four is the is the main thing. Everything like he has to unless he's he's hitting push, which is sort of risky versus movement. Um, it's the tracking is decent, the range is decent, but you know it doesn't do anything on normal hit, and you might get sidestep. But if you do, you die. It doesn't. It doesn't recovers horribly. Um, and his magic, you know, his his quote unquote magic four is four two, which is not you know nothing. It's nothing Mm. special. Mm. Um, so. He doesn't do very much damage on counter hit, which means he's going to have to be sort of. He just has to sort of pack away, move, pack away, move. He has very good whiff punishment, um, but yeah, he's um, he's not quite able to brawl out top characters. I think head to head because they do more damage on on counter hit than he does. Mm-hmm. He's not really gonna and um, like his and you know it's not going to be that easy for him to keep characters like Marduk or Brian or like big like big explosive characters out of the game in um by because his he can't like his lows aren't hugely damaging it's mostly he has to sort of death of a thousand cuts you until you miss and he does downfall too um mm-hmm. so i think he's he's fine like he shouldn't be he definitely shouldn't be any better than he is because again he is super easy, and he's really obnoxious to play against. Yeah. Um, 
he's it's just like a collection of jab strings and down forward one strings and like he's he's not fun he's not fun to play against um as you said earlier yeah yeah he's uh they shouldn't make like they shouldn't make him any better than this like because he's he's really easy he does the same combo after everything aka the leroy syndrome it's all just like jump knee down from four two blah de blah <laughs> like it's always the same combo it's after low parry it's after floats it's after everything and yeah he he's pretty boring uh but he's 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 decent but he he's as good as he needs he's good as good as he should ever be don't make mm-hmm. this character any better please <laughs> yeah i can agree with that yeah yeah um cool i mean Unless there's any other character you really want to talk about on this list, um, I mean, lay, people... lay, lay deserves to be up a bit. I think that would be it. Uh, he's not that bad. He's fine. Back to his good move. Miguel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Miguel. He put, he put Miguel as the worst character in the game. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's that, and I don't think Lay's. So they both have to be set like upper, and definitely Miguel. Is a character who has got almost everything, but not not maybe in the best way though. Mm-hmm. Like uh, his downfall one is excellent still from the range, even though it's minus two. The range is really good. Uh, his whiff punishes, even though they are not, uh, they are risky, they are st- or slow. They are still decent, and um, yeah, he's got the the keep out tools like the magic. Back one, but his yeah, his jabs are not that great. Though. But besides from that, he's he's a character who's got good fifty frame launcher, good one sending punisher. Okay, not not till um, it starts with fourteen frames. Like his launcher, one sending two four is a decent launcher, but till thirteen frame, his one sending punishers are meh, not that good. But besides from that, he's He's got almost everything, so but not that great though. And his damage is good. Where would you rank him in this chart? Um, I would rank him A, A or maybe B, but actually more like B. Mm. Yeah, and I would put I would put Brian up as well. Like Brian, mm. Brian doesn't belong in B. That's crazy. No one thinks he's there. Yeah, I, I don't um, think that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, where, where would you rate Brian then? So, uh, I would put him in uh, either. I think A plus and S are pretty similar. I think I would put him in there. Mm-hmm. I think he's. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the best characters in the game. But he's just. He's just hard. Like he's just. Mm-hmm. He has tons of weird. Like his matchups are weird because of his 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 jabs and his down forward two one, and he needs to. Um, like not necessarily down for two one, but like he has lots of strange matchups like Raven, where you'll just things will miss all the time on her because of who she is. And uh Kazumi. Like Kazumi's down forward one beating his jab straight up is is very is very tough. But I think he can win every matchup pretty much. Um and he does you, lots and lots and lots of damage. When you say jabs, you mean he has one of the highest hitboxes on his jab. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so so like Kazumi's down forward one will go under his jab in certain situations. Oh, like, really? Oh yes, it's great. Unfortunate. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Holy um, so 
Yeah, so you have to, like, every matchup is very, very specific for him because you have to be, like, a lot of the time you have to say, how much can I use jabs against this character? How much do they actually work like a normal character's jabs? Mm. So against, like, every character's downfall 2 will always go through, will always work like uh, pulls against him. Will always go mm. through his jabs almost every frame advantage. Um, so any character with a generic downfall 2, you have to say, okay, I have to think about downfall 2 and never jab when, I, when downfall 2 is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has very, like his matchups, you, you need to think about like, how much can I play, how much do I need to like change my move list? Uh, his rage drive and back one are very weak against uh, Raven because of her stance like this. The hitbox actually doesn't connect mm-hmm. on her a lot. Mm-hmm. She stands um, back, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like a lot of, he has a lot of like subtle things about his matchups, but he also does a million points of damage on lots of things and is really hard to run away from. And he, he's like, he controls space very well. He like and he hit yeah, he just hits hard and he's he's really good. Like he's really good. People super downplay him. Um and he's he's just difficult to play. It's difficult to have everything working. It's difficult to have taunt working and count hit four working and back four Mac breaker working and while standing three four combos and like dash jabs and like everything else. Like it's, yeah, it's very hard to keep. Wrong, yeah. You've got to keep a lot of plates spinning in the air to play him properly. And he has mere mm-hmm. movements only okay. Like he's got no mm-hmm. okay backdash and a pretty crap sidestep. Mm-hmm. But if you can keep it all working, it's super good. He does tons of damage. Like he's, um, yeah, he's just, just you just. There's a lot of matchups where you just have to survive until mm-hmm. you can be. You can do Brian things. Mm-hmm. But if you can do once, if you can survive until you can do Brian things. Uh, you'll be having a great time. <laughs> right. mm. I I never actually realized his jabs were that bad, uh, in in terms of hitbox interaction. I mean, actually, I'm not a player. Oh yeah, player. yeah. Uh, but uh, it only... still has a good range. Yeah, yeah. Like they're still the range is good, but it's high. It's, yeah, yeah. They're still it's still very good jab. range. Yeah. So the only character like him is Marduk. I don't think I don't know if Marduk is as bad. But Marduk's left jab also has a really super high, um, yeah, true, super yeah. high um, hitbox. Hit mm. Interesting. Um, all right, then, then, then. Um, I mean, a lot of people are saying Oscar's way too low on this list, but Oscar I mean, has, has really been a character that's really, really obnoxious at intermediate, all the way up until the highest level of play, and then just her ability to. Um, not punish minor whiffs very effectively really doesn't work in her favor at the highest level of play. Essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, he placed her uh, in, in B. I mean, we, I mean, because I mean, you know, this is from Rangchu's perspective at, at the highest level of play. Um, of course, in an on uh, in an offline setting. So, Oscar B is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, I think this one. B or A, one of those two, I think. Also, Since with Bob, she has got to your A. Mm-hmm. Those two characters mm-hmm. either go one up or stay where they are. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Cool. Um, cool. Um, and then, unless chat, there's someone else you want us to really discuss. Um, I mean, this the one character I I was a bit like when when the ch- he got he got well, this is Claudio basically in season two. He got a bunch of changes that everyone thought he was amazing, and it turns out. Uh, he was he was better, but you know, still pretty average. 
And then in season three again, he got a he got a bunch of changes. His he got you know higher range on his bigger range on his hop kick and the back three extension. People thought he's amazing again. But is he actually really good now, Claudio? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so as well. I think he's he's good. Um, I don't think he's amazing. Again, he's another character where like I don't think his lows are good at all. Mm. Um, I don't think like down four three for what it does is like they buffed it in the season. I was just like, but that move sucks. <laughs> and I mean, you saw my comments on the change move change list. I was yeah. just like, but all these moves suck. I think the main thing he has is that his um his back one his homing move uh is really super good. Yeah. And what about just like you didn't mention that. Eh. Yeah, uh, really, it's the same to me. Like I don't think it's changed. Um, Plus six now on hits. Yeah, but no really one's pressing anything. Well, but people pressing yeah. buttons after sidestep four in season two. I mean, you know, yeah. it's... like it's just like no one ever pressed. It was like Brian's down two getting changed. Like mm. no one ever pressed buttons after down two on hit. No one, so no one ended up caring. Um, no one ever pressed buttons after sidestep four. I don't think it changed it much. Um, mm. I think his his actual change like that made the difference. Is weirdly enough, they just made like, and it was this was still a good move. Like back one is now, he's just is one of the most, uh, the best homing moves around because he steps back after doing it, mm. and it's very hard to get any kind of pressure on him at all, right. meaning he mm. can sort of control horizontal space very well, mm. and so this he can sort of use to push and running two to push you to the wall, and then he does down forward three into hit confirm. Right. Mm. Or you have to just wait there to get sidestep forward, right. and all this is fine. I think all this is good. It's all okay. Um, like, uh, but he still has pretty weak lows. Uh, mm. I think you but you need to really make someone block in order for them to get uh, sidestep forward. Is the problem in neutral, not by the wall? Mm. Um, they need to be super, like super passive. Yeah, yeah, and um. Yeah, I think he just has to. I I don't think he does. He still doesn't have like a down forward one. He's got back back three is better now. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think he's just just good. It's just like he's a good character. He's really easy. He's really easy to play. Uh, I was mm-hmm. talking to Yopolix about this, and he was just like. He was just saying like one of the main things. Yeah, you don't mess up with this character. You just. Mm-hmm. You just have a few things you want to do. You just do hop kick to whiff punish, homing move, and then down forward three one and and jabs, super good jabs. We're talking about Brian having a super high hitbox. Claudio's jab hitbox is down by the floor. Uh, he can he can one two Anna out of her um, out of her role after her in from chaos from uh, chaos judgment. Mm. Uh, he can just do one two jabs and it will knock her out of it. His jab hitbox is super low. They're super. Um, like super like uh not uh like they're they're very close to neutral they're like minus one to zero on block his his jabs i think so he's really got a few simple really easy tools pretty good tournament character but he doesn't snowball matches he doesn't like if he's on a bad life deficit he is very hard for him to come back and he so yeah i think he's he's a good tournament character but i think he's he's worse in long sets because mm. he's he's a bit he's a bit too um like his simplicity is a big big strength. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um. Okay. So um, guys. Um. Are there um any characters you want to 
talk about. I mean, we can't obviously go through through the whole cast, but uh, uh, mm-hmm. um, any characters on this list which you think are particularly oddly placed, or you just want to is something you're you're really itching to talk about? Um, not the jump out. I think I personally I, I believe that just from looking at it, I think Josie is better than where rank should put her at. Um but yeah, other than that, it's mostly alright. I don't think she's she's only a B character currently. She's got a lot of good buffs. Um she's very annoying to play against in general. Um I guess I guess it comes down to how patient you play the matchup against her, but I think she could be better than the characters that are on the same on the same list for the fact that she has a lot of pressure, a lot of counter hit tools, very good punishment with punishment, um, a very good down four two, a very good magic four. Uh, basically, for the most for the most part, a safe down four. Um, but yeah, that's just my two cents on this character. I don't know, if you guys agree or disagree. Uh, yeah, I think she's. I think she's. She's good. Uh, I think she's a bit unstable because she doesn't have a down forward one or something like that. Doesn't really have like a safe way of of like opening people up or a because her down forward four has a big hitbox, but it's, you can sidestep it. And is if she misses down forward four, she's dead. Like she's just like that's one of the big things is like it's very hard to whiff punish down forward ones. So. She's a bit more commitment heavy and gamble heavy than she can um, than she looks. Yeah. But but I think she's she's strong. Like she's again a character that shouldn't be any better than she is because she's pretty strong. She's pretty easy to play. You can close distance just by doing crouch, like huge range crouch dashing low to hit you from miles away if you're trying to turtle. Um mm. like she can play like big read like big read YOLO Tekken. Uh mm. Definitely shouldn't be like much better than she is because she's pretty good. Um, mm. And yeah, like I said, pretty easy. Um, and good, very, very good, very, very good block punishment as well, obviously, uh, for everything. Like almost one of the best in the game, like easily. Mm. Yeah. I would also say a hard weak character. Like, uh, if you are having a hard weak, you will get a big countered launch. And besides from that, uh, not the not the down for one is a big problem for her, but if she would have it, she would be too strong, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's good not to have a down for one. She has a free, which is 13 frame, but it's linear. It is really minus some blocks, so you can't compare it to a usual down for one uh, as a poke. But yeah, she's more designed to be a counter character and needs to, with the right guesses you will get your damage but this fits to her pretty well but this doesn't make her so strong because she needs to do a hard reach for mm. yeah, yeah I agree agree um all right then um guys we've we've been at this for over three hours now so <laughs> I, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, taking the time you know it's it's really appreciated it's, it's it's great to have you here phil and you know aria mihawk as always it's um yeah it's a pleasure it's a pleasure yeah it's great to be here and Thanks yeah love you to talk to you guys again yeah absolutely okay, thank you uh 
yeah, guys, um, chat, thanks for tuning in. Um, and that was Wave Dash 5. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. Thank you. See ya. Take care. Cheers.